0: repairs to renovations get started on the angie app or visit angie.com today you can do this when you angie that
1: what is up gypsy gang we're back for another episode of the gypsy tales podcast i'm frothing to bring you guys this one uh this podcast is with the legendary jo archer the first man to ever land a triple backflip in competition on a dirt bike it's insane just saying it uh, but you're about to spend the next few hours listening to uh, to how a guy who just sort of came out of, of nowhere, essentially, just really believed that he was a guy that could do this this triple flip in a way that other people sort of weren't doing them. Like Sheeney kind of put put it down after he did his um, at Pastrana Land. I think that was back in 2015. So this is a really, really great story of a guy who just had a crazy goal uh, and just never gave up on that goal until he completed it, which was only very recently. So I, uh, I know what you guys like to listen to at this point. I've been doing it a long time. And this is an episode that I know you guys are going to absolutely love. So very excited to bring you this episode. Before we get into that, though, just uh, a few little messages. Uh, we've just pressed go on our new membership site, which is at gypsytales.com gypsy-tales.com to be uh, exact. Uh, and this podcast with J.O. Archer has actually been up on our private members-only feed for about a week now. Um, that's kind of, I guess, the main thinking. There's a bunch of benefits on the membership website, uh, but I think the main one for me was I was, I was getting a little bit frustrated with uh, kind of having to wait for the whole YouTube uh, schedule to to post the, the podcast. So over the last few years, we've been sitting on a lot of great shows for, for weeks sometimes before we actually um, kind of get them into like the, the schedule for, for YouTube. So that's done and dusted. You basically get to hear the full show without any ads on our private members only feed pretty much the same day. Uh, that we record it. It goes up on the members-only feed. It also comes with a really cool custom members-only thumbnail. We're going to be changing that as well um, throughout the year, just just to give it more of, I guess, like a personalized feel. um, That members-only feed thumbnail comes up like when you share the podcast as well. There's a ton of other cool benefits some members only content. Um, All of our stuff is going to go there before it goes on YouTube. Uh, That's like vlogs, bike builds, Uh, the merch as well. You'll get early access to all of our merch. So yeah, a bunch of really cool stuff there. Uh, It's all explained at gypsytales.com. I don't want to take up too much of your time here. Uh, And if you sign up for a year right now, We're giving away my 125 Dream Build. All three of our Dream Build uh, episodes are there for free now on the member website as well. So gypsytales.com if you're keen. We're basically just going to be pumping all that, uh, all the membership money back into production of the podcast. Hopefully this means that we're just going to be able to step up what we do on this end uh, so you guys get even more of the great content that you love. We're also brought to you by the guys at Manscaped and Happy New Year from the guys at manscaped the ball has officially dropped but that doesn't mean you have to drop the ball on your balls in 2023 whether you had a new year's kiss or not the leaders in below the waist grooming have you covered for your much needed resolution of bringing sexy back i'm one of those guys trying to bring sexy back for this year You can join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com slash gypsygang and use that code to get 20% off plus free shipping. Let us have a toast for the new year, a new you, and a new you with no gross pubes sticking out the top of your bonds. A big part of 2022 was my... Well, I should say twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two, really. Since Manscaped jumped on board with us, my uh, male grooming routine has definitely stepped up. Uh, and look, I've experienced some—I've uh, experienced some good things as a result of that. I guess you could say. So instead of New Year, New You, let's go New Year, New Balls with the grooming leaders in below the waist grooming. This year, take your package to the next level with their Performance 4.0 package and other premium wet goods. Inside that Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the signature Lawnmower 4.0 with the advanced skin safe technology that reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate parts. It also comes equipped with a 400K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2023 looks to be. And a grooming routine isn't complete without applying Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver before showing off your 2023 self. You also get the travel bag, the anti-chafing boxes as a free gift. uh, And look, this travel bag has come in quite handy for me last year. Get all of this 20% off with free shipping, just by inserting the code gypsy gang at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code gypsy gang. Time to feel sexy and feel free in 2023 with Manscaped. We are also brought to you by the guys at Boost Mobile here in Australia. You can head to boost.com.au. Uh I've been running Boost since 2018, pretty much since we started this podcast, and I've honestly never looked back. I do the uh, the the biggest plan that you can get, I just whack that on, and it lasts me a year. Uh, it's so much cheaper in my mind than dealing with the the ongoing plans and all of the all the nonsense that uh, comes with that. I mean, I've definitely I feel like everyone's been kind of caught out with that in the past. They also do refurb phones as well, so I just grab a new one of those every year, and honestly, it just takes care of all of my mobile needs. Uh, They're also doing a massive push on international roaming right now. You can get roaming in 40 plus countries for just uh, for less than $3 a day. So all of that info is at boost.com.au. Search their international roaming packages and just see if that's right for you uh, on a trip that you've got coming up. We're going to be doing a bunch of traveling this year. So that international roaming is going to come in handy for us. Boost.com.au. Once again, I can't rave about these guys highly enough. We're also brought to you by the guys at MX Store. You can head to MXStore.com.au. The leaders in dirt bike parts and accessories, hands down, by far in Oz. Uh, if you are not able to get into their Burley Superstore, uh, you can just order before two p.m. and you get same day shipping. So it's kind of just like you were there anyway. Once again, that's MXStore.com.au. We're also brought to you by the guys at Crush Oz. You can head to crushoz.com. And I would recommend starting with their Bike Care Bucket. That's their one-stop shop. It's kind of like the Manscaped thing. It just all comes in like one handy container and then you just work your way through it. Uh, It's definitely taken all of the guesswork out of washing a bike for me. It kind of just saves time too. Everything's just right there. It's already ready to rip. Just get the bucket out, run through once, uh, once over of all the products and your bike looks mint. We are also brought to you by the guys at Rival Inc. You can head to rivalincdesignco.com. Use code GYPSYGANG for 15% off there. That code is also going to work at fisthandwear.com. And if you call Kyle at Tropical Auto Group in Rockhampton, you need a new or used vehicle, he's telling me one of the Gypsy Gang, he is going to hook you up. That's it for me. Thank you for bearing with that appreciate all of our awesome sponsors going into this new year we have some really cool content coming up over the next few months planned uh really for the rest of the year we're, we're like super ahead of it this year so very excited thank you very much enjoy this episode with Jo archer
2: i got a, a bunch of like the black rifle fucking oh the yetis, yetis? Yeah, yeah they're, they're so really good fun. man pretty sweet those things stay
1: hot or cold for as long as you oh hot. dude yeah so pull this bad boy up close yeah and then is he in the middle there or goes Yep. Yep. sweet how
2: close are we going with that
1: yeah you'll hear that it's just uh like you have
2: the headphones so you can so hear, I can hear, hear you. you start
1: going away yeah and then you know like kind of just keeps you in check yeah
2: so. i did my first podcast with headphones only the other week when i was in america oh yeah i hadn't done it before with the headphones and um, it was good Because there was four of us Like you can kind of Talk over each other But yeah. we were drinking beers We were like I Was, was like, that the drink champs one? Drinking bros Drinking bros Do you know those guys? You nah, heard? nah I've heard of them But I don't know I them. think they're Um. I mean I hadn't met them But they're pretty I think they're pretty big In the yeah, podcast yeah, game Yeah, yeah, yeah Because when we did it It came out at like It was number 80 in the world Yeah For the day And it was just, it was just Talking bullshit And the boys own like a It's called Hard AF Seltzer It's like a Yeah, vodka. yeah, yeah yep. And they're like 8% cans and, and we we had like six of them before we started and then i did a showy with out of a fucking texan cowboy boot and i'm like boys i've got to have a piss like yeah, I, yeah. I, I did two pisses in the podcast i'm yeah. like i hell. know well if
1: you're busting for a piss in this at all yeah just Hey, wait, yeah, sweet. And so there's. I've no drank about
2: three three liters of water already today. So oh, you're you're like pretty
1: health conscious, eh? Like it's a pretty massive part of your yeah your program. It is like I tried I try to be
2: as much as I can. Like I'm not you're not crazy crazy. Nah, I'm not crazy, but like I'm pretty. I'm like self educated on like training. like because yeah. in I, I've never really learned off anyone, but I've kind of taught myself a lot of that stuff. But as far as like the nutrition and stuff goes, I would say i'm as good as i can be like i don't i don't know too much about it but i just try to do the right thing yeah. when i can yeah. um i guess it i don't know like i just fuck like I, I eat a lot too because yeah. i train a lot and burn a lot of energy i'm always up like dude i get up at like three thirty, four 4 o'clock most mornings so yeah. and i'm i've already had like two to three meals before like 7 a.m so yeah, i just yeah. like eat heaps throughout the day just like smaller sort of portions but um yeah, drinking like I just I smash water, man. Like yeah. I drink, like, I'll drink like probably f- I don't know four, five lit, yeah, five liters. Probably. Dude, I need to get on that. Like yeah. for,
1: for whatever reason, eh, like so, so I've got I've only got one kidney, oh, and, no, and hey. I'm on this like blood pressure medication because yep. of the kidney thing, yeah, and uh, and then I've got a I've I pretty much like can't be dehydrated when I'm on this yeah. medication, but I'm always fucking dehydrated. No I just way. how do you drinking go? water makes me feel nauseous?
2: Really? Yeah. You should maybe get some... Um, have you ever drank like the BCAAs? Well, that's what I it do. it makes like it a bit more exciting. Electrolytes. Yeah, you know, same just sort get, of like, thing. get like little bits of electrolytes in there. Because even like if I'm getting... Yeah, because it's pretty easy to get sick of that like just drinking water. Yeah. But I might even just throw like a half a scoop of that in. And yeah. I, I always put like... I, I use creatine every day, like 10, 10 yeah. grams of that a day. Like Normally like two scoops. Yeah. And that shit's good for you, man. It is, eh? That's like... But it's funny with creatine. It's like you've got to you got to take it every well you don't have to but it's better to take it every day even if you're not riding a bike or yeah, mountain biking yeah. or training yeah. it's one of those things you got to keep it in your system and I've learnt so I just take that and then like yeah if it's getting a bit boring chuck a scooper. That BCAA powder Because at least it tastes yeah, <laughs> A little bit yeah. more exciting Like yeah. Drinking tap water Gets a bit old <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Well that's on. what I do the soda stream Oh yeah sick, So like yeah. I just love spark Like yeah, yeah. If it doesn't have bubbles Fuck Fucking like, go away yeah, 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 yeah Get fucked Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, I can Yeah, I can fucking agree with you on that one, for sure. When did you start that
1: whole... Like, did that come out of writing, or it was just always how you've... hit, Like, the training and stuff? Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, No, to be honest, like, I didn't really... I didn't know much about it. I never really went to gyms. Like, I actually grew up playing footy, like rugby league, um, in Sydney. Mm. My family's pretty big in in the footy and stuff, so I used to do that. Like, did a lot of that kind of training, but I never really went to the gym until... I lived in China when I was... um, I think I was like 18 maybe or 19, 19 I think when I moved there and I what lived was there. What was that for? That was for the, it was like a Freestyle Kings. So you went over and did that? Yeah. yeah there so was a I, few of you boys that did yeah, that. Right? Yeah, yeah. So I was there for like two years and um, I kind of just like, we had a lot of time to kill basically because we rode at like 9.30 or 10 p.m. every night. Yeah. So it was like, what are you going to do all day? And we had access to a really good gym. So I sort of just started picking it up and like trying to learn things there and it was mainly at the start, it was just to try to kill time throughout the day so you weren't bored because no one spoke English, there was nothing to do and um, you can only talk to yourself for so long before you get bored. So I started going to the gym and then at the start it was like, I kind of didn't really know what I was doing but I didn't really care because it was just, you know, there was a couple of us there and then, I don't know, it was after like a, probably honestly like a couple of weeks and then I was like... Like, I don't mind this like, It's kind of pretty cool yeah. And then I sort of Just started getting Into it there And that's I'm I'm really glad That it's probably The best thing That come from um From that whole experience Was I mean there was A couple of good things But that was one Of the best things Because once I got home A lot of the other guys Kind of fell off The training bandwagon So to say And um I kind of just Kept it going I haven't really stopped So that was like That was like Eight years ago yeah, And yeah. I haven't I don't think I've Unless I've been injured I haven't had a day off Like that's sick. for the whole time yeah yeah the only times when i'm injured but even when i am injured i still kind of find a way like yeah i went i was doing training flat out at the start of the year with a broken femur i was getting up and just crutching into the gym and looking <laughs> into it but um but no i like it it's um it's like a it's a hobby for me it's not yeah, like if, yeah. even if i wasn't doing freestyle and whatever i'd still be doing the training because i yeah. actually enjoy it whereas i know a lot of people do it because they have to but um I've just been lucky that I've kind of looked at it like a bit of a hobby. So yeah. I actually enjoy that just as much as the bike sometimes. Like, yeah. it's, I reckon it's sick, so.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, I, I did Dean Lucas's podcast the other day. yeah, And then he, he asked me, like, what's one thing that you'd, like, do differently through yeah. your life? And I said, I would just train in the gym for the sake of training. Yeah. Like, my, and if I could go back in time, and I say it to these boys too, I'm like, but like Rones has got a gym membership now, and like he started yeah. going to the gym. And, in. and I was like, boys, if I could do one thing different, yeah. I would go back to when I was 18, 19 yeah, and I would just start doing doing weights, yeah, and, and not, you know, not to get massive, not to just, but just to have it as a like a, a yeah, daily, a daily, a daily, daily ritual. Habit. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's good. Like, obviously, you feel you, you feel a bit better um, in yourself, but it's also good for. I mean, any kind of sport you're doing, like. I look at it for like injury prevention as well like if you're if you're kind of built to take a hit then yeah, i feel like i mean and it's different in every sport like if you're racing motocross or supercross you don't want to be you know, 90 or 100 yeah. kilos yeah. but um but i think you know if you can if you can be sort of strong and and flexible enough that you can kind of take a hit i feel like the injury prevention is it's like so much higher you yeah. know what i mean like you can you can come off preseason season and still be fine like you can bounce and roll and whatever so that's another thing like when i started sort of aiming towards doing some bigger stuff off some bigger ramps and stuff um like i kind of had to be built to take a little bit of a hit like yeah. on the airbags uh so good and and you know they allow you to do so much stuff but people don't realize that when you're jumping off like bigger style ramps like you do take a pretty decent hit yeah yeah. so it's kind of that was like another thing i found that if i could kind of put on a bit of muscle um it would allow me to do more of that yeah and then like you kind of just get hooked on that on like you know you feel better you're a bit stronger you can throw the bike around and then it's kind of it was just easy to keep trying to do that and, and try to train a little bit harder for a bit longer or, you know, lift a bit heavier or whatever. So I kind of yeah. almost like a bit competitive with myself in that way. Like not with others at all, but like with yourself, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know what it's like with training? Like you kind of always want to go a little bit harder yeah, until you need a rest. But <laughs> but um, yeah, so I'm kind of, I'm glad that I started doing all that. But it's yeah. cool up here, like on the Goldie. There's a like, the big there's, culture of it. Yeah, there's gyms like gym's on every corner of the street and like everyone trains and is pretty pretty into it whereas in melbourne where i you know where i have lived before this it was a bit different there i was sort of on your own kind of yeah, yeah doing solo but i was kind of i was training at like 3 30 in the morning so i don't who who, who else would want to come then yeah, like, yeah. come on <laughs> but um but nah it's cool off here i've been loving it on the goldie
1: yeah that, i was in i just spent a month in dubai and i wasn't able to do because i sort of the thing that's kind of killed the gym for me a little bit and this is what I tried to push through in Dubai is like because I'm doing jiu-jitsu like on the kind of daily like that's like my week sort of training is based around that yeah you just getting Fucking tailed up. Yeah, yeah. If you're sore, friend, yeah. like, you know, yeah. your movements like restricted. Yeah, yeah. So I've just never really wanted to go through the pain of, yeah, like those first few weeks in the gym where everything's just yeah, like you crazy feel sore. Yeah, you feel pretty, pretty average yeah. the first few weeks. But, but well, in like in Dubai, I just went every day and I just like just hammered just the most basic shit. Yeah, and was just cooking myself because yeah, because I, I could be real sore. Yeah, and I noticed like even by the, like, I was probably six weeks I was away, but by the last week in the gym, like, I could go and just do, like, a hard session. Yeah. And the pain wasn't, it. I wasn't so sore that I couldn't go and do yeah, yeah. So like, that's kind of, like, where I wanted to get to.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's good to leave the gym with a little bit of, there's a difference between being in pain and then having, like, a bit of a, like, a good sort of a, soreness, more of, like, a yeah. muscle soreness. And yeah. that's kind of what you look for, really. But I guess that's where you, if you, if you stay on top of your, like, your, Creatine and protein I know it sounds super basic But it makes It actually does I I never used to believe in it I was like whatever People just want you to Fucking spend money But I mean a lot of the stuff Is bullshit I I reckon But the Just like your
1: basic Creatine and protein That's like like, I I just stick to that
2: Like every day Even when I don't go to the gym Even if I'm at home Being lazy I still do that Like every day 100% Because It's just kind of good To keep that in you Because no one eats perfect Every day Whereas if you can have A protein shake And whatever not, not as a meal replacement But you're still sort of Getting the stuff that you need to, yeah. to be on top of things So I feel like With the recovery and stuff Like the first few weeks If you've had a heap of time off First few weeks going to be shit No matter what you take But yeah. if you can stay on top Of that sort of stuff I feel like it does help But yeah. like you just have to kind of be a little bit consistent Consistent. but i mean it's hard you know certain people like yourself you're traveling and you're doing this and that like it is it can be hard it's not yeah it's not necessarily easy like you got other shit going on in life it's not for for the majority of people that's not the most important thing but yeah
1: but i I feel like to a to a certain extent though like to bust out 150 push-ups and you know 100 burpees like yeah, That's, yeah. like, a pretty fucking good workout yeah, if yeah. you just did. Yeah, that. yeah. So, like, whether you, you travel, you can do that in an airport. Yeah. If you just don't care about looking like a dickhead. You yeah, know, oh fuck you
2: know it, who I mean? cares? Yeah, yeah, I'd definitely look like a dickhead. <laughs> so, so, yeah, it's like, it, yeah. you know,
1: you can't... There
2: really isn't an
1: excuse, and yeah. that I'm, I'm kind of trying to get to... Yeah, get I mean, there's a, there's
2: a lot of stuff you can do. Like, I remember during the lockdowns in, in Victoria, there wasn't really much going on. So, I remember going on YouTube, and I typed in, like, the like prison workouts yeah, to yeah. see what like those mad those mad dogs did and um like you can get like a rag or like a dry times towel and have you and your mate and one person can be doing like tricep downs, like and the other person's doing d- biceps yeah, so yeah, there's yeah. like hey, there's so much shit you can do um and then obviously like yeah like your pull-ups and your push-ups i think i feel like that's they're probably pretty underrated like doing push-ups is yeah. so good for yeah. for everything you know um but it's like yeah there's there's heaps of stuff that you can do it's just the having the like the commitment yeah, and, and have making it, it into it yeah a you just gotta have a go at it that's, that's the thing it's like you don't know unless you have a crack so yeah, it's easy to talk about it but you just just have a go at it and you've only got to do it for a couple of days and then it's just part of your your routine I reckon
1: yeah no. Nah, so that's me this year that's my, one of my yeah goals for this next little Cook bit hook mate hook yeah. into it did you how much did, like did you put on much weight over that period like what was your body shape like when you first started in China Were you well, always kind of
2: bigger nah i was like so when i first started i probably weighed 75 kilos
1: yeah that's what i weigh
2: now and then i um i started training i put on a little bit of weight like i put on a couple kilos straight away just because i hadn't ever really done it like so you're gonna build a couple of kilos straight away but then you'll plateau and that'll be it for a while but then when i went i came back home and then i broke my neck um pretty badly i broke c1 which is, you know, right at the top in C6. So I had like a a Jefferson fracture, it's called, of C1, I think. I don't know the exact statistics, but I'm pretty sure when you break your C1, there's like a very good chance you should be paralyzed. Um, So I broke that. Someone actually moved a ramp on me at at a show. Um, I'm not going to mention the name, but someone, just a wanker, (laughs) he was a promoter. So we'd already done one show in the morning, which was smooth, everything was good and then there was like an intermission like we were like doing some signings and stuff and then he moved the ramp like the the up ramp which was like a trailer ramp he moved it to i believe he was meant to he was trying to get something through like he needed to move it to like make space to get something there was monster trucks and stuff there anyhow and then he forgot to take like move it back and then i was the first fucking retard yeah i was the first person so i um and it he moved it so it was at 75 and then it went to 55 and you'd think fuck how how did you not notice but from where we were sitting we were we were like on the up ramp side like way back here and there was like a one of like a safety airbag you know on the back of the truck and there was some other stuff in between the ramp so from where we were it wasn't noticeable plus you'd never think that that would happen yeah so I um lucky it was just the first jump which for us it was just like a wave to sort of get the crowd involved but um I jumped like 75 feet. Picture jumping a freestyle ramp to flat, like not having anything there. So I just went like that. It's on YouTube actually. Dude, find <laughs> um, that. <laughs> I think type in, type, wow. in, type in JO Crash. But um, yes, yeah, so I broke my neck. That and, sucks so bad. Um, and then that one there, seven years ago, Burra, 2015. Yeah, it was no, a good, it was a, it was a pretty sweet. good one oh no it wasn't an airbag oh but i get up so i broke in that right there i've got a broken neck a broken ankle i crushed my thyroid and my throat and i had a leak in my heart i don't really know what that means what? but so i had you wouldn't picture it because i'm walking, walking around in that off, baby but i was like i was pretty um i was pretty cooked i was a, you know i was in all sorts but um so what I and actually... And you just
1: know as soon as you hit the ring. Yeah, I was... Like, oh, yeah. I was over, in, yeah. Yeah, I
2: was in like a bit of strife just there. But um, what I... Fuck. So the, the wanker who was running that event wouldn't call an ambo. So I actually had some, just a random dude from the crowd... Why wouldn't helped. he call an ambo? Oh, he didn't want it to look bad. And he, he just thought I was a goose, I think. But um, someone from the crowd, I'm not sure who it was, but if you're listening to this, cheers, mate. <laughs> but he helped me load my bike into my ute. And then I just drove to... Um, I drove to. I drove home, which was an hour, because I wanted to drop my bike. What? I was going to go to the hospital, obviously, but I dropped. I went home because I wanted to drop my bike off, so it wouldn't get stolen. And then, wow, someone from home. Um, it was a chick I was knocking off at the time. <laughs> she um, she drove me to the hospital, and then I went to Frankston Hospital, and then um, yeah, I sort of just. I think I. I went to walk in, but by that point the uh, you know adrenaline had kind of worn off, and I think I went to went to step, and I'm like, oh fuck, I'm in a bit of strife. My ankle was all blown up and stuff, so I sort of just got like assisted in, um, and then yeah, like oh they did some scans and stuff, then they sent me to like a bigger hospital. I think it was the Monash Hospital in the in the yeah, city of yeah. Melbourne, and then they're like, yeah, you got to you got a broken neck like you've you're pretty fucked <laughs> um and then the other bits and pieces so anyway moral to that story you're asking about my size and stuff so after i broke my neck i was um i was pretty like i kind of faded away to, to not much because i was in a neck brace for like maybe six months or, or seven months wow. or something but i couldn't do anything like i couldn't I, like I, I just could lay down I couldn't even have a pillow I just had to lay dead flat Yeah Um. So I wasn't doing much I wasn't really eating I was pretty sick Like I wasn't really in a good state So probably, probably Like painkillers and stuff like that? Nah, no painkillers Nah, like I didn't I wasn't necessarily in a whole lot of pain Things were just super hard Like, like you just if, couldn't do anything I just couldn't do anything And if I did try to do something I was putting myself at too much risk Like of, you know Of really sort of making things worse So I wasn't taking any painkillers or anything I was just like I guess because I wasn't doing anything, I was normally a pretty active sort of person Then not yeah. doing anything for so long. Like, yeah. I don't know, body was just going, what are you doing, mate? Yeah. So if
1: you don't use it, you lose it. Yeah,
2: so I was just like, after that, man, I probably weighed like, I don't know, you wouldn't recognise me. I'll have to send you a photo. I got a photo of me in hospital when I left and I was like probably skin and bone. I was probably like 60-something kilos and then um, now, I weighed myself this morning at the gym, I was 97 kilos, so it's like, 213 pounds i think but i was like what like i was yeah good 30 kilos less i think but that was well what's that 2015 so um yeah i mean i've been obviously having a having to go sort of since then but um but yeah that was a that was a pretty pretty average one so what do you reckon like
1: broke your neck like what part I, of that crash? I think it was just the when you hit the handlebars. I honestly think or it was like just, compression i think it
2: was just the impact of the landing. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, I think that's all it was. It was just a, like that, you know. And then I, my my neck sort of went down, and what I so hitting the handlebars that crushed my throat. Yeah. Um. So that was like, so I couldn't really. I was struggling to breathe a lot. Um, and it's actually still now like. That's the one of the. That's probably the only thing that's really affected me. My neck's fine now. I haven't got the same kind of range of movement, but that doesn't for me that doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. Um, but the only thing that I still kind of see from that that still kind of affects me is the throat. Like I um, I breathe real like people think. well, oh, what are you doing, mate? I breathe that heavily. Yeah. Hey, especially yeah. when I'm asleep. Like I sometimes like my missus will wake me up. She's like, Are you are you alive? Like, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. So that's the only thing that really kind of. Uh, still gets me there but I think it was just the the impact of douche, you know like it, yeah yeah I think the bike um you know the bike handled it pretty well as far as the suspension and what the bike could do and then um but it was funny the bike had no damages not even a broken lever it was sweet <laughs> that is wild <laughs> yeah. dude. so it's, it's it always goes one or two ways sometimes you have a, like a massive D- crash I- and like the bike's totally fine and you're fully busted up or other oh. times you like have you tip over in a rut and you got like muffler subframe everything really yeah, The bike's yeah, right, yeah, it yeah it costs yeah. you like three grand to fix it you don't yeah, got yeah, a yeah. scratch on you yeah. so but you know like these days well any days i guess but i'd certainly rather the three grand than a than a busted up neck, and in a, neck yeah because yeah. it was just it was so crap it was funny like when i got the neck brace off I, um, I felt like, you know, those little bubble heads that people yes. have on their dash? Yeah. So when they took it off, I couldn't, like, I literally, I couldn't hold my head up at the start. Like, I'd go like that this and I'd go, eh? and I was actually pretty, to be honest, I was pretty embarrassed, like, to go out in, in at, when I had the neck brace, I didn't care. I was still doing whatever. People would look at you and stuff, but I, like, it didn't really, didn't bother me. But when I took the brace off, I was actually a bit, like, I looked a bit weird because my neck was so skinny. It was, like, really... Like, it looked weird, man. And because I'd had my neck... Like, my head like that for, like, seven months. So, it looked like my neck was really long. Yeah. And it was super skinny. And yeah. I was like, fuck, what's going on here? I was like, how do you make your neck better? Like, how do you make it bigger? <laughs> but then, I mean, it didn't... It took a little bit of time, but that, that became, like... Did you the, do neck exercises? Oh, the physio had me doing, like, just some basic... This sort of stuff. But I think just... Getting back to normal life, like it was, I yeah. was able. It just that kind of just fixed itself. Yeah. But um, yeah. The only thing, the only problem I really have now is just the range of movement, and like I got, to, I've got to use like a special pillow on that because otherwise I get my neck so just no good. Dude, I've honestly stopped using pillows. Really?
1: I just, you know, what I do now? I roll up a towel, try times, and I just put it. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. put a towel behind my behind my neck. Yeah. Because I, I, actually, um, I've got heaps of problems with my neck just nothing to your extent but sitting at a fucking desk for like yeah 10, 10 years bro just like yeah
2: shit's bad for you yeah honestly yep. so
1: bad and like all my ass yep. muscle yep in and my lower way. back and stuff oh yeah. bro so like the last there's probably like two years it was pretty much through covid yeah like dude literally all i did was a podcast yeah like i was either yeah, recording going or i was sitting there and yeah. i was editing events before the boys were like working here yeah so and you're a um, one-man band going mad until then yeah <laughs> yeah and like i fucked myself like my yeah. my chest got so tight my yeah. my lower back my size my neck yeah and then going to jiu-jitsu so yeah. i'd be like like literally stationary all day yeah and then go to jiu-jitsu and just get belted like fucking yeah, yeah. Gets cranked and you're all in like yeah. getting in the tied up in a knot basically yeah so i just had like two extreme ends of the spectrum yeah, yeah and then late yeah lately so i got um it's called a it's called a griff i think it's called a gss harness if you want to look look it up
2: i use this silly thing that looks like a it's a pillow but it looks like a brick yeah and it's like super uncomfortable to start off with it's just dead flat and it's as hard as a rock yeah right and it's like it's from like a car chi- i got it from a chiropractor yeah um but like at the start i was like i can't use this thing i was like this is crap but then now is that you the little dog <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: go go like neck uh gs neck trainer or something like that
2: but um but yeah now like i i run it like so you rate t- it yeah i, I can't easy like, to
1: travel with and shit
2: um, I mean its just like an it's a full-size pillow so you yeah, can yeah. but like when I, <laughs> oh, I <don't, laughs> yeah, this,
1: is, this is looking giddy. <laughs> this is
2: looking a little bit gone. I don't know where it's cool they're... if you use that in your spare time yeah yeah <laughs>
1: but yeah so it's got these uh it's i can't find the exact one but um it's got the these like rub these like bands on it yeah and you can just take it anywhere it's in like a little bag put it in a doorway yep. and then you can just literally put it like dude you can do every oh, side yeah. do all the stuff and it's yeah. got all different like resistance and yeah then, but dude it's like actually helped a yeah, lot yeah right man. and i reckon for like riding and stuff because you you got your helmet and yeah. there's that extra weight like yeah, everything's yeah. getting thrown around yeah like it's, I, it's what all the like the formula one drivers and all yeah. anyone that does anything like that they're always doing they're that doing that of shit yeah but yeah it's actually like helped me out quite a lot yeah Between that's that interesting and, I, and I
2: reckon like a lot of um like a lot of UFC guys and stuff would probably use that yeah, too because yeah, yeah. I see I see those kind of guys do a bit of like neck sort of training like yeah. neck strength. Yeah. Um. Obviously, if you get punched in the head for a living, you've got to have a pretty tough chin and a tough neck. So yeah, yeah. I can only imagine that they would do that kind of stuff. But um. But yeah, like I, I did buy a neck brace for a little bit after I when I came back yeah. to riding. Um. I had an Atlas neck brace, which yeah. was good. It was it was great, but i kind of found it was a little bit restricting with freestyle yeah i I thought it was it was good for riding tracks and stuff but i kind of found that well for me personally when i would like pull to do a flip i think it was the the one in particular was like caught over flips and you'd pull back and i i kind of felt like i just always felt like it was there and it was a bit too much like it was kind of so then i stopped using that and then just i felt kind of better straight away but i think to go like from a broken neck back to riding i think it was a like a fantastic like stepping stone because yeah, when I had security. it on I felt like kind of pretty solid with it on and then I, I ran it for maybe I don't know six months or something and I think it was a good stepping stone to then getting back to to not having one yeah um but I've definitely like since I've put my neck to the test with like with all the different airbag stuff and like I've <laughs> done done some like land up fully upside down and stuff and I haven't had any dramas so yeah but I think um you know i think that kind of goes back to training and and building up your muscles around like your traps yeah. and stuff around your neck i feel like if you can kind of be pretty solid there that's where i say like the injury prevention like that yeah. kind of you can kind of sort yourself out a little bit in that way
1: yeah yeah so when you when you did break your neck like did they give you any like dude you're fucking this could have been like oh, super super bad yeah like- so when
2: i was so when i was driving my car to the that's so hectic. Yeah, it was it was crazy, and because I was I was just on my own, obviously. Um, my old man, so I was it was in Victoria. I was in Curranborough, which is near Phillip Island. If mm, you know that, mm. you know where that is. Um, so I jumped in my Ute and I called my old man who was in Sydney, where he lives. And um, I'm like, man, I'm fucking, I'm not feeling too too good. I've had a crash, and he's like, oh, what, what it like? What's wrong? And I, and I just was like, fuck, man, I don't know. Like I don't. I don't feel very good. Like something's, something's wrong. Something's not right. I didn't think I'd have broken neck, but I'm like, something's like, fuck, I didn't feel good, you know? And, um, so they were, but basically they said like when I was driving, if I had a got to like an intersection or a roundabout and literally just the motion of turning my head like that, I would have been hundred percent would have been paralyzed. So I was sort of, I was when I was driving. I was just like I didn't. I I didn't feel like I could have moved. Like I could have moved if I wanted to, but yeah. I just, but when you're in that injury, yeah. Mode, like you I, was don't sit, wanna move. I was just yeah, sitting. I was just sitting. there. I probably would have rather get t-boned by a car than then like look sideways. But um, but like Bronte Holland, for instance, he he broke his C1 and C6, oh. so the exact same two vertebrae. So and um, you know, and he was he was paralysed, you know, straight away. So it's definitely um, yeah, it's definitely like super lucky that. I You know That I was That I was fine Basically But um I guess I probably didn't know The the severity of Of how Well how serious it was I mean I was I was young and And everything Cause I You know Loaded the bike up And drove there I I didn't really I was a little bit blown away When they said broken neck Like I wasn't Um Obviously I wasn't stoked But I wasn't like Fucking game over Like I was just like Alright well what are we What's the process to fixing it Or how Like what do I do And I was actually one thing i was stoked about was they were gonna do the the halo have you seen a halo yeah, where they screw yeah, it in yeah, yeah. and that was like a hundred percent they were gonna put put the halo on and like it's a pain because you got to go back to the hospital like every week and they retention it like tighten up the bolts in your in your skull and i'm like fuck, and then like trying to sleep and shit with on them i'm like fuck. and i really i was pretty disappointed that's the only thing i was really like damn i don't want it's pretty I gnarly don't. and then it was all like a hundred percent though we were gonna go and do it and then this nurse came in i guess she was like one of the head nurses that was looking after me and um yeah they just ended up going with the brace i think it was because of my my age and stuff being younger they, they thought that the neck brace would have been okay so yeah. i had i remember the name of it it was called a miami J neck brace and i remember i was running the miami J for a while there and i um when i took it off when I finally got it off, I took a name and burnt it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You see you, mate. <laughs> yeah, you're done. You you are done, mate. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty average. But, um, but yeah, you still, yeah, you know, lived to tell the tale. I feel sweet now. <laughs> Is that promoter still doing shows? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Fuck that. Character. I just got out of a. Oh, mate, I just got out of a like a five five year legal battle with him. Um, I was trying to. Like I, you know, I started prompted the the legal battle because, um, you know, like the negligence involved, and you know, like pain and suffering, yeah, yeah, all that sort yeah. of stuff. And because not only that, but he talked a lot of shit about me. He said that I didn't, even though clearly there's a video. He said that I didn't do it at his event. He he didn't even know my name. He was calling me Jaco, <laughs> <laughs> and he was saying, well, He was saying I was from Ballarat, or yeah, some Jaco from Ballarat." He um. He made up a story that I went to and this place doesn't exist, the Cranbourne nightclub, which I, I actually used to live in Cranbourne, Cranbourne South. There's no there's no nightclub in Cranbourne, never has been. And he said that I'd broke I was like on the cans and I'd broken my neck and he and he, he was putting out like he did a press report saying this, press releasing, but still to this day he never once contacted me. He knows deep down it was his fault, but he never once contacted me to say, oh, "I hope you're all right or are you all good?" And then he sort of started carrying on a bit, and I'm like, "Fuck this dude!" And um, yeah. Anyway, I was like, the the lawyers that I had were doing like they're doing a good job. I you know I think they did a fantastic job, and um, it was looking you know super positive. I had a bunch of key witnesses, like friends that were well, friend people I'm friends with now, but I wasn't at the time. But they were actually there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was a couple of different people, just random people in the crowd, and like it was so. pages and pages and pages full of like screenshots of people saying we saw him move it blah 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 um but then yeah i ended up like losing the the really? thing. really yeah yeah so i got i was like got nothing because i couldn't make any money for ages um yeah. and i basically had to have like a carer like i had to, my nan had to move down because i was living with my mom and she was working so i had i had to have someone like <laughs> make me some toast and that you know i was yeah, like that no, yeah. good but um but yeah now that yeah that dude's trying to he he's hit me up to pay for all of his legal fees and that over the 5 years and I just said fucking yeah, bad luck. <laughs> oh, that's <Yeah>. So <laughs> what what grounds did you lose? Um, I don't know man it was just the fuck just the judge was just a. I don't know no good like I was there was like I I don't actually understand how I could have like it was even once the once the court like it, you know we we did the court over Zoom because it was during covid. Yeah and um, I think it went for like a week or something. And even afterwards, I was like, like that probably couldn't have gone any better. Like it was, you know, the, everything went really good as far as the witnesses that I had, the witnesses that he had. They all had a different story of the events. Like they didn't know what time anything happened or what day it was, or they were saying that I was riding a quad bike at one point, and all like there was they just didn't know what was going on because they were just just making things up. So I was like, you know, this is obviously looking really good. And then it was, I think it was like, I don't know, a couple, maybe three, four weeks later, we got the, like the um, final decision. yeah. And yeah, I just lost it. Bad luck. Better luck next time. I was like, but well, you know what? I'm glad, like, I'm glad it's over and done with, but I'm like, yeah. it would have been good to, because like I spent, um, oh, I spent a silly amount of money on um, f- like recovery sort of stuff. Physi- yeah, I, had to do, yeah. I had to do physios like three times a week for like a year. Like yeah. I because I was like whatever money I did have at the time, I spent it all. Like yeah. all every you know, on, on all the all the stuff. So I, I probably didn't have much cash at the time, but I definitely had nothing you know. Yeah, at the so, end of it all but um but like I was I ended up. I went back to work. Like I was working with a neck brace and that. Towards the end, um, when I could, I was just doing like doing suspension, yep. Measuring shims and <laughs> throwing some settings in. But, um, but yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a shit go. But well, it sort of just life. sucks that that dude can still do. now we need to take that up down, Griffiths. Me. <laughs> that, that, that guy's creeping <laughs> Yeah, me he's out. fucking. I hate the fact that he's <laughs> looking really, at really creeping. Well, you man. know what though? It's just
1: a bummer that that guy can still do shows. Well, you, these, know, you know what's
2: like? even worse. That, that video there, that's that's my incident, but there is a hell of a lot of things. If you Google this dude's name, he's been in many, many, many court battles with things that he's done that were completely unsafe. And the, the, re, the reason that I wanted to go to court, it wasn't to fill my pockets with money. I would have liked to have potentially made back some of the money that I spent as a 19-year-old kid because I didn't have anything. But it was my whole drive in that was to to shut him down and it was only because when that accident happened I had like I reckon I had no no joke probably four other riders in Australia reach out to me and say no way like he did this to me he actually moved the ramp on another rider who I won't I don't want to mention yeah, names but yeah. another rider that you know I can tell you afterwards yeah that rider, I think, was knocked out and broke his wrist or something. And this is a, a dude that's like, a, he's a good rider. Yeah. Um. So this has happened a lot of times, and it was more so the fact that he has no, um, no sort of care for the nah, rider or the yeah. rider safety. So that was what was driving me. Between that and then him sort of making up some shit about me, I was like, like fuck it, you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't be able to do this because yeah, yeah. I could have pretty easily been paralyzed and. I don't, you know what? I don't even think he paid. Like he didn't even give me my money for the for event. So yeah, so. Fuck you, yeah. Yeah, that's fine. And um, and he was actually because that was like a just a close show to home, like a little country town thing. He was calling me, like he'd called me a few times in the week and not like really want me to go and do it, and I was. Not, not that i had heaps of things going on but it was like oh yeah i'd love to come and like give you a hand and, and be at a local show like i was you know like i was felt like i was trying to it was good for me but i was also doing him a favor yeah, because yeah. another rider was meant to do it and they pulled out so he really needed someone to fill the spot so i felt like in a way i, I was kind of doing a favor for him as well but um but yeah, fuck, it's just, it's, just it's, it's life, it's like, it doesn't really, fuck, like, doesn't bother me at the moment, like it's... Yeah, it's, it's just a bummer you keep, keep doing it. Yeah, but you know what, it'll catch up with them one day, yeah, don't you worry. Yeah. yeah, it's, <laughs> um, you can't, yeah, every dog has their day, you can't really get around like that forever, because shit catches up with people, and it yeah. might not be in a year, or two years, or five years, but there'll be, one day, old mate will get caught up with... Yeah. But um, won't have anything to do with me if I like. <laughs> that's, just, that's just karma That's yeah, how karma yeah, works Yeah, that's it
1: And so uh, When you Yeah, so you see you get back on Like the rehab thing Like yep. you got straight Back into Into the weights And then it sort of like kept, Yeah, so built, it took Built it, back up It, it took there. me a
2: while Like I was pretty kind of weak at the start And I couldn't really do much Like I could I'd go to the gym And then I could maybe go like Twice a week maybe And just do a little bit And it was just Like anything With, with your training It's like consistency Like you kind of you know if you go to the gym every day for six months, you're not going to notice much but if you go you know well, six days a week for five years, you start to notice it <laughs> so it was literally it just took it took a lot of time but as I said, that was two thousand and fifteen and you know we're at the end of twenty two now so it's it's just been consistently going and having a crack since then yeah so it sort of just took me a little bit I was a little bit nervous. Um, yeah you would be I reckon just with, with the riding not not nervous not like I not nervous as if like oh I don't know if I want to keep riding like that was the just only just your body that was the only thing I wanted to do but what I was a bit nervous about was when I like when I landed off the ramp like off like jumping 75 when I was landing I was a bit worried about that that mm. initial sort of impact because I you can't really replicate it, that yeah you know, like I, I don't even I think I might have gone and rode motocross a few times or something and then I went and rode with Cam Sinclair and Like, I was still – I went and, like, flipped my first ride and everything was still good. But I was a little bit probably nervous about that. But then once I did that, it was all right. It was just kind of, like, a little bit of rebuilding almost, like, getting old tricks back and kind of – I guess the biggest thing is just your self – your confidence. confidence. Yeah. And, um, like, you never forget how to ride a dirt bike, luckily. But it's more so about just trying to build your confidence back. But it's the same as any injury, like, you know, any – Every person that listens to this podcast would have had a, yeah, a mishap or, a um, you know, some sort of injury. And it doesn't matter how severe it is. You still have to go through that process of getting your confidence back and, and feeling good on your bike. So it's not like, you know, I have respect for anyone who's had any injury, even a broken wrist, because you still have to go through that same kind of mental game to, to get back to, you know, doing the thing that you love. So, um, but yeah, I just tried to stay as consistent as I could with yeah yeah with that kind of stuff and then it yeah just comes back naturally because as i said luckily once you have the fundamentals of like knowing how to ride a dirt bike yeah that that, we learn when we're young yeah yeah it's cool because you know they you generally you don't forget how to do things like you kind of comes back straight away which is yeah the beauty of it i guess yeah what what's your um
1: i just to keep chatting a bit because i feel like it's your it's like a big part of your program is like the physical sort of side of yep. it but what what's your what is your like philosophy when it comes to like the gym and working out and stuff like what style of training are you doing what kind of like what do you yeah. think benefits you for riding the most like cuz you'll hear a lot of people like oh you shouldn't lift weights cuz you get too big then you get arm pump i feel like yeah. a lot of that's like old
2: kind yeah i mean look i would probably agree with that for people that are racing like you don't want to be especially if you're on a 250 you don't want to be heavy like yeah. you like kilos like a horsepower you know so yeah. you, you don't want to be and, and the arm pump side of things but look for me like i grew up racing motocross obviously so i've got a good background in motocross but um with the sort of riding that i do um i don't i'm you know luckily i don't need to worry about having arm pump and stuff it's just not really something i have to deal with so um my kind of philosophy with training is like, I generally like to try to whatever program I'm doing, I like to kind of mix it up every three months. So your, your mind and your body doesn't get too used to it. So you can, I feel like if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over, it's like your, your brain already knows what you're going to do as you pull before you even pull up to the gym. You know what I mean? If you keep it, you can go a bit stale. So sometimes I'll do like a push, pull legs. So like push movements one day, pull movements the next day, then legs and repeat that twice a week. Oh yeah. Um, which is a good that's a good thing to do it's good to build strength like that i think um so you're sort of targeting so like your push movements like a bench press um and then like a um like your back sort of stuff and everything like that but then i feel like with well what at the moment what i'm doing is like a body part per day so i like to arms one day shoulders legs blah 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 and i guess my philosophy is i just try to i like to do i don't I don't really like to count reps too much. Like I, I would never want to do anything less than sort of eight, but I try to just go till failure with most things until you you fucked, you can't do any more. Yeah. Because if you, it's all well and good to do ten reps or something, but if you're if you're even like you just still got a heap in the tank, but like you could have done twenty. Yeah. So what's the point in that? Whereas if you just if you if you can do twenty reps and fuck put. Put the weights a bit heavier, you know what I mean. And if you can try to get anywhere around ten to twelve or whatever bar, I just try to do it as many times as I can until I can't do any more. Yep. until I'm about to drop the drop the bar on myself. So I, I just try to just go, just have a go, like just like just have a crack at it. Go hard, go go heavy, and um, and I'm not saying this this definitely wouldn't work for, for everyone for but. other other kind of riding, you know, whether it, it might be BMX or mountain bike or, or motocross racing. But for what I do personally that's the that's the kind of training that I like to do um and you know other freestyle riders it might not work for but for me I just like to I just feel like it's just good to be be strong on the bike and you feel like you can throw it around and um and then you know when you are trying to learn new tricks and and doing bigger ramps and stuff you can you can take a hit in the airbag or landing or whatever you're on so that kind of works for me so like I don't I'm definitely not a not an expert at all i've just taught myself from just going and you know youtube and things and google and things but um yeah i just try to i just try to google things and change it up every few months but as long as you're sort of hitting the the main uh the main kind of exercises on each workout like the the big sort of the big like the deadlifts and like, the yeah, squats, deadlifts, squats
1: bench pull-ups
2: yeah all that kind of stuff um yeah and just do it fuck, just do it fucking heavy yeah. and and stop when you can't do anymore yeah. and then it's pretty simple like yeah. I'm a pr- pr- pretty simple sort of fellow like I don't yeah. know I don't know much about much but if you're going to go to the gym well you're going to have a fucking good go at it otherwise why would you go you might as well stay at home yeah. so go there and doesn't matter if you're sweating and fucking groaning and carrying on who cares you go going there to have a crack at it and if anyone looks at you, tell them to fuck off because you go on there to have <laughs> yeah, a go. Like, yeah. That's why you do your training. You go there to, to train, you know, and and have a crack at it. So that's kind of the way that I like to do it. Um, you know, again, it doesn't work for everyone, but that's that's just what I like doing, and that's kind of um, what's yeah it's what I, just you. yeah just what I enjoy doing as well. It's it's also about enjoying it because you don't want it to be like a something that you you know oh I got to go to the gym like which it is for a lot of people, but I feel like if you can make it sort of fun, yeah in a way, or, or be a little bit creative or be kind of competitive with yourself and think, oh, last Tuesday I did this exercise and I did, you know, X amount of reps at this weight or whatever. If you're counting all your reps and stuff, you just try to do one more. And if you do one more, that's where you kind of yeah, get a little bit a of motivation. Way, yeah. yeah. But, um, I definitely like to train alone cause I kind of like to, um, I like to not really fuck around in between sets. I always like to try to do something yeah. and, Kind of, because really you only need to spend like 45 minutes. That's there. what I, that's what yeah. I found when I was doing it. Yeah. You don't need to sp- like you, you can spend an hour, but you don't have to. You can, you, you just can do something else in, in the gap. Yeah. In the starts. interim, do push ups yeah, or yeah. do something else. But I think. And then you're um, fucked in 40 minutes. Yeah. And that's good. I think like, yeah, 40, 45 minutes. I think that's perfect. You can 100% get everything done in that amount of time. If you're not you know checking Breaking your phone between and sets and, yeah going on instagram yeah, yeah. and looking at who's doing what and all that like you do that after so if you just go there and hook in then you kind of you reap the benefits and you haven't spent you know wasted two hours of your day there and then that's where that's where it can become a bit of a pain in the ass it's like oh, i got go to go training or oh, there goes two hours and then yeah, people, yeah. people make excuses like oh, i can't find time for it but you can go you can even do a good 30 minute one if you you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. I think it's um but again it's just about you know figure out what works for you yeah
1: and do you have any other stuff that in your life i guess per- personal performance wise that's just non-negotiable like is it a certain amount of sleep a certain like is there any things that you do that no nah, not like,
2: really i'm not good at sleeping hey like I, yeah, really? i've got adhd yeah. um so like i i find it pretty hard to sign off um so like some nights, like not last night wasn't too bad, but the night before I went to I normally go to bed at eight thirty. like that's that's what I like to do because I get up early, get up yeah. at like three thirty or four AM. But yeah, two nights ago I was like I don't know what was yeah like I was not like I'm not stressing out I don't anything, like it's all happy days. But I was like it's just was mind was going. yeah, and I remember. I do a bit of sleep eating too. I get up during the night and go and make some toast and do <laughs> carry on. Yeah, and I'm, nice. I normally get like three times in the night and have food two or three times every night. But it was like I looked at the clock. It was three thirty a.m. and I hadn't slept yet. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And I was like, but I still got up at I got up at six and still went and do my training and stuff. So I had like three hours sleep. But normally, if I as long as I have sort of five or six hours, I'm pretty good. Like, obviously, it's way better to get more, but I can... I'm pretty good off five or six hours, so... Um, but, like, you know, if it's coming up to, like, a, a competition or a show or something, I, I just try to make sure I get more than that, but I, I don't really... As I said, I'm pretty cruisy, I'm pretty basic, I just, I can go to sleep, if you're tired, we'll have a black rifle, <laughs> have a bit of caffeine, you'll be right, mate, go get, to bed early get, the next night.
1: Get it up, yeah. Yeah, get so, one in ya. Yeah. So, uh, so you played footy as a kid, yep. and then when did motocross, motorsports, yep. freestyle, like when did that kind yeah, of enter, so I, enter the building?
2: I grew up in, uh, in Sydney, like around the Cronulla area, Sutherland Shire and then um my old man bought me a qr 50 for my fourth birthday so i started sort of cruising around on that and then um i started racing when i was six which i think was the youngest you could race a 50 um so i started racing uh, around places like oakdale Nara, happen yep, yeah um so i sort of what was your old boy's background in the sport um not much he's just like just, a just, just like yeah no, like a he was a gun footy player um but he had a bike But he was just a Just a chiller Like he was You know He did a bit of bit of racing But like he wasn't like You know no one good yeah. He just did You know he just, just loved it Yeah He just loved it So I started doing that And um You know Dylan Wills Yeah yeah so yeah So me and him We're like So our dads are best mates no, they Oh went, no shit So they went to like primary school and high school together no so shit. me and willsy are born a week apart so we've got right we got photos of us literally as, to Wilsley, yeah that, dude. so we we grew up riding a lot so we used to go and ride out at. there's like a tip out in man like a rubbish tip and we used to go and ride out there and we just set up like witches hats and just do like figure of eights and try to get some tech like basic sort of technique and then we both started doing like a bit of coaching with greg moss when we were young but yep. um yeah started racing when i was six and then like I raced every Aussie title and all that sort of stuff. And um, it's funny. I've actually, like, got photos of me and um, Jackson Richardson and Hayden Morris on, oh, the, on the podium at the Aussie titles. So you were that good at racing? I was, I was all right. I was good Good enough. But, like... Um, I never knew that. That's sick. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to pull them up later. I've got, um, I've got some cool photos. But then when I was seven, um, I moved down to... My parents split up. I moved to Victoria just because my mum got offered a job there. And we sort of yeah we just ran with it went down there, and um, Matt Moss or the Moss family was at the time a good family friends. Um, they their old man also went to high school with my mum and dad, um, and at the time Matt was like, so I was seven I think he was maybe fourteen, yeah, and the, yeah. he came down with us because he just got a ride with Yev Konsky. so he was on a CR85. Yeah, so he we we moved down to Victoria and he was kind of going to be around the team and they were doing like, I think it was Supercross Masters or something back then. And so anyway, he came down and um, he he come home from the track one day and um, he said to my mum, Tracy, he's like, oh can, oh, can my mate come and stay with us for a bit? And my mum's like, oh, you know, okay, like whatever. Yeah. And then this dude rocks up in a white high, so It was Cam Sinclair. And this is before he was like, Cam Sinclair, he was a just yeah. a young dude. He might have been like seventeen or 16 7 I don't know, something like that. But um yeah, so he was gonna come stay for a couple of weeks and then he ended up living with us for like three years. So no shit. Yeah. So that's kind of um So that just changed your direction completely. Yeah. So like I always looked up to Cam, you know, I still do. Like he's been a massive part of my um freestyle writing or career, you know, if you could call it. But um, you know, it was it was cool growing up, like I was I was pretty lucky in, in a lot of ways because like we'd it'd be common to for me to come home from school and we'd have like Jono Porter would be there. Maddo used to come and stay. Like Jono actually had his JPI race truck parked at our... We had lived in a cul-de-sac. He had that there for like a month and Jono actually prepped my first um, bike for the Aussie titles, KTM 50. No shit. And um, heaps of people sorely. Like a lot of guys would, would come and stay and ride because back then victoria seemed to be the place for freestyle yeah like that's yeah, where yeah. like sinks and Bill Co learned to flip yeah. and that was kind of the spot whereas now it's obviously the gold coast is kind of the, the hub you know it's kind of like the temecula of, of australia but back then it was vic so people would would often come and and ride and there was obviously there was like a foam pit and stuff there so people would come and ride and then they just like stay with us and, and go from there so that was kind of um you know what got me interested in freestyle. i didn't really know much about freestyle before that i was just grew up loving racing you know and i guess freestyle was very very new like it wasn't in there wasn't even much going on in australia and then um i remember yeah, it was funny like Cam and Bilko were always around, and um, I actually took Cam and Bilko to school for show and tell in primary (laughs) because I thought they were mad dogs, which they are. But um, I remember like that is so good. Yeah, Cam would when he was he was living with us, and he was like learning. I wanted to learn the flip, and I think this was before the phone bit. But they had, um, they just had like a super kicker out in a paddock in I think it was in Turin. Anyway, and they had a just had a super kicker with some hay bales and shit on it. And um, it was like every day, he's like, all right, today's the day. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. know, I'd like get home in the RV, get home from school, and he's just like, oh, I didn't do it. And then the <laughs> next day, I'm going to do it. I'm doing it. And then he he finally did it. He flipped like the super kicker. Him and Bilko both did it um, on the same day, I think. And he must have been, I don't know, he was a young man, but I remember he got his first contract for Krusty Demons. He was probably, I don't know, I'm just guessing, maybe 18 or something. But I remember... He was stoked. I remember in the kitchen at home and he was like, fuck, Crusty Demons. Like, it, you know, it was what everything he wanted to do. And he signed the contract to Flip 75, like, every show. And I don't even – he hadn't even flipped 75. And he's just like, bang, sign on the dotted line, let's go. But, um, but yeah, that was pretty cool. And then I – but at that point, I was still, like, more interested in racing. Um, and then I used to go riding with him and there was, like, a little motocross track where where his ramps and stuff were yeah, back then. Yeah, yeah. And then I started just, like, jumping ramps and stuff, and I did find it really fun straight away. And then I did my first flip on a 250F when I was 14, off just, like, off a super kicker. And then... Was that in foam pit? No, nah, like, to... Oh, no, nah, I started, like, I was flipping, like, I flipped my 80... I flipped 75 into a foam pit on my 85 when I was, like, tw- really? 12 or something. They've got videos of it. But, um, no, nah, I did my first flip to dirt on a 250F when I was 14, but that was off a super kicker. And then I did my first 75-foot flip when I was 15 in, like, three days. Like, I wanted to do it before I was 15, but it just didn't work out. But I think at the time, I think that was a record for the – I don't know if it is now. It's probably other people that have done it younger. But, but yeah, it was 75. I was 15 on a YZ250F. <sighs> like, and the thing just had a carby. It was just – like, no good. <laughs> it's the old bog out. But then at that point, though, I was still racing. Like, it was just a normal motocross bike. Like, I didn't really – I wasn't really doing any sort of freestyle. But then – I guess once I started, I'd, every time I'd go out and ride on the track, I'd try to do like five flips, or you know, and or five or ten or whatever, and then I sort of just I started just enjoying that more, and and obviously looking up to those guys so much, like they were almost like family to me. So yeah, watching them sort of. Um, you know, learning new things and succeeding—it just was. Um, it was kind of like a, a lot motivating in that. So. Yeah, and then I kind of, and then I, but I did actually start to enjoy that kind of stuff more than racing. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't like I was never sort of pushed into doing it or like you know, led into it. It was just like, nah, I, I'm kind of into this sort of shit. So then I just kind of started from there. And then when I was 16, I started um, touring with Nitro Circus, but I, I was just the I was just the plant in the crowd. We used to do like the three and four person backflip. Yeah, right. So right, I was right. one of those, one of those crowd members. But um, but that was cool because I was like sixteen, and you know we got to go all through Europe and America and Dubai, and I had a fake ID, so I was just drinking <laughs> beers and that and going yeah. mad. Um, and, but yeah, that was pretty cool. And then um, I guess from there it was just a bit of progression, and you know, and then I started taking it a lot more serious uh, and trying to kind of do. Bigger and better things Just for myself You know And then um, Yeah And then to, I guess To fast forward a few years I started doing Like trying to Like working on double flips And stuff Because at the time It was it was so sick Like I'd Kind of get home from school And me and Cam would go riding And he'd be training for X Games And I'd be Operating the crane Like pulling him out of the foam pit And he'd be like Rain, hail, or shine He'd be just doing doubles And doubles and doubles And I was just like Fuck that's just so Like it is just so awesome yeah. And then I was, like, doing double flips on mini bikes and stuff, like on 110s when I was, like, 14 or 15 or something because I just wanted to follow in his footsteps. And then yeah. I think I did I did a double flip on his two fifty two two-stroke um, when I was 17, I think, just into the foam pit. And then I really started. I was like, this is, like, so sick. So I started kind of – I guess it was at that point there. I, I Obviously, I love doing normal – 75 foot freestyle but I I always had this um not not like a goal but maybe a bit of a bit of a dream to kind of do I just really liked doing that that was that was kind of the way that Cam's career went towards the end like Cam was a great freestyle rider but he was he was known for doing double flips and doing you know cool things like that so I guess it was kind of just a natural sort of thing that I I wanted to try to do a bit more of that kind of stuff so because there's a different mentality, right, to being like a big best
1: trick style guy versus being like the freestyle competitor. Yeah,
2: I mean, yes and no. I guess like it's it's super hard to be able to put a run yeah, together. Yeah. Like it's uh, it's harder, in my opinion, to be able to put together a run with the, all the biggest tricks. Like I think it's harder to do that. But um, I don't know. I just kind of liked the idea of. I I just got a really good thrill out of like. The planning, you know, to do something like, you know, the planning and the preparation and how to do it, and then trying to figure out how to tackle it and, and kind of going from there. And then it was kind of just like a natural reaction, really. I did my first double flip to dirt at the Oz Open in 2000. And yeah, that so sick. that was cool. And then um, I was actually on a borrowed bike. My, um, it was one of Todd Todd War. Well, I didn't know Todd Waters at the time, but it was one of his old DPH. It yeah, was a, right. I rode wrote a, a KTM, but my KTM was stuck overseas. I couldn't get it back, which and I still never got it back. It's still stuck in America. What? Yeah, but um, whereabouts? It's at Travis's house. Oh, okay. So moldy. you know where it is. It's mouldy, and it's like yeah, it's we put it up on the wall maybe one day. But um, I was funny because I I borrowed yeah, it was a DPH. It was a practice bike. It was a Husky. It had like 150 hours. And I remember the clutch. Easy hours though. <laughs> yeah, I remember. In pra- I went to do practice, and the um, like the slave cylinder hydraulic clutch went, so I had no clutch. And then I had no. We fixed that. Then I had no front brake. And then I'm like, fucker. Then my first double flip. Here. I'm like, all sorts of shit. But then it was it was cool. Landed it sweet, and that was an awesome time. And then, um, it wasn't long after that. Me and Cam were down in the Mornington Peninsula having having a beer. I think it was his birthday or something And we were just like Just a bit of general chit chat And he's like Because hey, I was getting doubles around fairly easily Like I could I could easily over rotate them If I wanted into a phone pit And then I started like doing a double And I was able to break Like tap the brake And kind of break check it in And yeah we were just carrying on Bullshit And he's like Hey you should try a triple And I was like yeah Like yeah. And, I, <laughs> no and, then, and then that was kind of it And then the next day I called him I'm like "Were you, you serious Are you reckoning And he goes Yeah fuck Why not and I was like, fuck it, all right. all right, let's, yeah. And this was, yeah, this was just in 2019, so... um So Sheeney had already done it, right, on the... Yeah, actually, yeah. no, maybe this was in 2000, no, I think, no, you know what, this was in 2018, yeah. because that's the reason my bike was in America, because I'd actually just uh, been at yeah, yeah. Pastrana Land, um... For my first go at trying to do a triple, that was before the X opened so that's the reason I had no bike because my bike was stuck there. So I guess this is in 2018. So I remember I had a, um, I just drew a, a ramp on a piece of paper with the rough sort of dimensions, and then my good friend um, and and sponsor Josh, Josh Glynn from Freeform Action Sports, he he built this ramp for me, him and his crew, and. Um, yeah, we just set this thing up. It was just like a bit bigger than a super kicker, basically. And, you know, now looking back on it, it was certainly not the right ramp. But, like, I didn't know. I had no idea. But yeah. um, I just set the thing up into the foam pit at Sinclair's, and I was just having a good old tug on it. And then I was – it was good, though. Like, my first ever time on a ramp that's – even now, if I tried it, I probably wouldn't get much further, you know. But I was sort of getting, like, two and a half, you know, it was a good two and a half. Which equals landing on your head, basically. Yeah, but it was like a good way to get my feet wet with, you know, and like, as I said, the ramp, it was nowhere near big enough. Like, no way. Like, it was not even, not like a moon booter. Like, it was nowhere near. Yeah, really? Nah, nah, it was a tiny bit bigger than a super kicker. But we were just like, fuck, I didn't, I didn't know what I was doing. I just wanted to have a go at it. And then I kind of was, you know, that was sort of all I thought about was, like, ways to do it. But I didn't have any sponsors or, or anyone no money or funding to, to kind of help out.
1: Yeah, so what are you doing at this point? Like you've been, you're going to Travis's, you're doing that whole deal, you're you're like, you know, X Open doing double flips. Like what, where's the financial backing coming from? Like, are you just working and funding the shit yourself or?
2: Yeah, yeah. So all that time, like in Melbourne, um, so I guess I, I first started working um, when I was like 14, I started going just after school because I didn't have so my old man didn't live there, so i didn't really have much of an idea on how to work on bikes yeah. so because i didn't really have anyone sort of coaching me so um i found out steve powell from spmx yeah 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 yeah. so powell he lived um legend in the same estate and he was working from home he'd just gone out on his own and yeah, just started sp time. motorsport yep, at the yep, time yep. so i figured out where he lived and i went around and knocked on his door one day and i just said hey mate i'm jo can i can i basically come around and sweep the floors and no I don't want to get paid but can I just want to like know how to do some things yeah. so I can figure it out so we don't have to pay someone to do change the oil and shit like, I just didn't know I was like 14 or whatever yeah, I just yeah. didn't know Yeah. and then Pally was like yeah sweet so I just started doing that and then I reckon it was like my, <laughs> I think it was like my second day he had me I relaced a set of wheels for Chase Mosick and then it was like my next my second week I was tearing down suspension and like learning how to revalve it and I kind of just got got into it straight away and i really like i had sort of good attention to detail with with you know shims and with settings and stuff and i just started really enjoying that so i just kept kept doing that and i did that for eight years with powerly and then when i had these bigger dreams to do bigger shit that i needed more money for i had to kind of look at other options i needed to make some more money so i got into construction then um and then my goal was to kind of get on the railways where you can make good cash um so i started doing that so we were i'd work um we'd do like 7am till 7pm so we do 12 hours on site every day um so that was when i was getting up at like every morning for a good couple of years three years almost i was getting up at 3am going and training and then i'd go go home and have a shower and break and that and then i'd go to the our, our yard get in a truck and then drive a truck to the other side of town and then i was working so it was like the metro tunnel all the underground rail network so i started doing that and that's where there was obviously more money coming in um and like it was it was taking up a lot of time obviously because i didn't really have much time to ride but i was in melbourne and it was raining a lot anyway so i was like if i can hook in and make some good try to save some money then it can when the weather's better or whatever it can allow me to be able to you know go and spend this money making new ramps and all that kind of stuff so um and then it was funny actually i listened to the podcast did with colby uh, and he was talking about working two jobs and i just i almost had a laugh to myself and i'm like fuck that's that's so cool that he did that because i was doing the same shit so i was doing um yeah so we're doing like our 12 hours on site plus it was like an hour each way for travel so you sort of 14 hours there and then i'd normally get home at like so I'd start work at we we're doing a lot of night shifts then. so I'd start at 7pm I'd work through till 7am and then by the time I'd get home it'd be about 8.30 because I'd have to drop the truck off at the yard then drive home and then I'd go straight to the gym at like 9am I'd train for like 40 minutes or something and then I'd go home and sleep for probably 4 hours and then I'd get up um, and then get dressed in me work clothes to go do suspension and I'd go do I think I'd do like maybe five hours, four or five, between four and six, maybe depending on what we had going on, and then I'd change into my um, my night shift work gear, the fluores, and then I'd drive back to the other side of town and then do another twelve hours. So I think I was working like sixteen to eighteen hours a day, and I was sleeping where I could in between, um, and then I was sort of just like I was just trying to make some money. I was like, I didn't have, as I said, I didn't have any sponsors, so where's the money gonna come from you gotta go and have a crack at it so I was doing that for a while and like I was um, it was pretty hard like I kept I'd always every few weeks I'd be run down and be crook as a dog because I was still going to the gym and all the yeah, shit still in training but I wanted to because at the end of the day I wasn't working to make it big in construction I was working to make some money to fund the things I wanted to do on my bike so I'm not the training it, to me it was just as important as making money so I'm yeah, like yeah. I'm not gonna not train Like I've gotta keep doing that shit so anyway I just worked my ass off um, and kind of made some money. And then that was where I could try to go and spend whatever money I had. I'd just put it straight into bikes and, and or well not, not necessarily the bikes, but like more like ramps and yeah, building yeah. things. Cause you know, you can build a ramp. It can cost you three or four grand and it's like, Oh, it's not. And that's for a small ramp, bigger ramps. So you spend 10 grand and it's like, Oh, it's not very good. And it's like, Oh, well, there's 10 grand. Like it took me fucking two months to make like, order, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So, um, that's kind of how i funded it all um but then yeah so back to the the first time i tried the triple into the foam pit it was 2018 and then uh, i was super keen on it but i didn't really know i didn't know what what i needed i didn't know no one in australia really had um like back then i don't think anyone really had airbags or big ramps or anything so um I was like thinking, like, what can I do? I really, I really, re- and I believed I could do it. So that that was a big motivation for me. So I I didn't really know Travis Pastrana at this point. I, I had met him a couple of times, but I was because he, he would he wasn't on all the tours, but every now and then he'd be there. But he's yeah. a busy guy, and I was a young kid. We you know we'd, we'd walk past each other in the hallway and wave, but like we didn't we weren't mates basically. But I remember I was um I was at work um. It, I was actually at like a um, a shit farm, like where they recycle <laughs> yeah. waste, and I was in a um, I was in a suit, and I was in a a um, like a tank literally with full of shit yeah it was like it was shit day If you can say that. <laughs> and i remember i uh i reached out to greg duffy yeah so who, the guy yeah. did the double fronty? so i was friends with duffy from summer yeah, tours yeah, yeah and i hit him up for um he's a ga he's a legend yeah, yeah. so shout out to duffy because he's he kind of helped me get all this stuff sorted but i i messaged him on Instagram and i'm like hey man i told him what i wanted to do and i sent him some footage and i i just said like, have you got, is there any way I can get in contact with Travis, like WhatsApp or email or something? He's like, yeah, man, he gave me Travis's email. And then right there and then I took me shit, shitty gloves off and I sent Travis an email and I um, I just sort of introduced myself. I've actually got these screenshots on my phone, um, which are pretty cool. It's cool to look back on. But I emailed Travis and I sent him through the footage of doing sort of two and a half of like a shit ramp and not a shit ramp but a ramp that wasn't good for that particular yeah, yeah, trick it was, yeah. a, it was a great ramp but not for that um and i sent him through yeah this is what i want to do and and at the time because i didn't have any money to put into it and stuff and i was actually i had this idea and i still think t- to this day that it would work but i was like maybe i can just build i, I, was, we, I actually looked at like hiring a heap of scaff, like scaffold and i was gonna build like a three meter high scaffold. Um, like run in basically, and I was gonna have my ramp that that exact ramp sit three meters high, off the ground. and I was gonna do it. I wanted to do a triple flip step, step down, down, yeah, because with that extra, it would have one hundred percent would have worked. I reckon, and it, still to this day, I think it would work. But that was that wasn't my idea of this as easier. That it's was just what you could do. It was my idea of like I actually looked into getting scaff, and it was the sort of thing that I could afford to do on my own, and. I believed that it could have worked because I didn't have the airbags and and all the other stuff to make it happen. And I just sent Trav this thing and whatever. And I <laughs> and, and he I just, was like, "No, <laughs> don't do that." <laughs> but I said to him, "I'm like, I, I basically just, I just asked him if I could, you know, go and and go over to Poshina Land and and you know, kind of use his facilities because we didn't have anything like that in Australia at the time. And look, to be honest, I. I didn't expect a reply from Travis because he's a busy guy, and um, what's the chances of him seeing that? Like, he probably gets a thousand emails per day. Uh, but I was cool with that. I, I was totally cool if he didn't reply because I didn't. I didn't actually expect him to. But uh, you can't. You don't know unless you try. Like, like I say, you got to have a crack at something. So I did that, and then I was back to, <laughs> back to work, and then um, no shit. It was like probably a couple of hours later he wrote back, and I was like. Can hang on, boys. Tools down. Yeah. Travis Pastrana just sent me an email. This is fucking sick. Yeah. and um, he basically just wrote back, "Hey Joe, blah blah blah," and he's like, he's like, "Yeah, I think the step down idea would work, but it's like really dangerous. Like because we want to do a step up, so you you fall from your peak yeah, height yeah, as yeah. much." And I, yeah. which I already understood, but. You know, it was more of a money sort of thing, but yeah, he's like, mate, he goes, I'll be home, um, between whatever months it was. He sent me his address and he goes, Come over, I'll see you then. And I'm like, Holy shit, that easy! I'm like, Yeah, (laughs) it was like, This is obviously because he knew I was, um, motivated to do it. And I don't know, he was just like, It was just so 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 cool of him, like, he did not have to do that. And I can't say this enough, I couldn't, you know, you can't speak more highly of someone like Travis because. He didn't have to help me. He didn't have to reply to me. And I wouldn't have been mad. I still would have loved him and thought he was the coolest person ever because he is. But the fact that he did... and he said, And he's like, yeah, come over. So I'm like, fuck, this is sick. So basically, I think it was... um, So it was obviously it was before the OzX in 2019. So I think it was September I was over there. And this was whenever this was. It was... There was about three months before because it was like, it was like, yeah, man, I'm going to be home. And I think it was about three months away. So... All I did for the next three months, I didn't ride my motorcycle once. All I did was fucking hook in and work because I'm like, i gotta, I got to save some money, some you know, because I need to – it's not just flights and stuff. i like, do I buy a bike there and use it for a week? And then yeah. – or do I send a bike? So there was a few different things I had to come up with and then like – Did didn't, you end up sending it, Yeah, so I sent my bike. How much with, did that cost? Uh, I think it cost me – I think it was meant to be all up four and a half grand yeah. to get it back. But the dude that I sent it with, it was a company, um, but he, he didn't fill out some of the paperwork in Australia. So I, I gave it to him, gave him the money, and it was meant to go there and back. But then it went there, and he didn't fill out the right... It, it turned up a week late, and it went to a different. It went to New York. So I had to hire a car and drive to New oh, York. Are you serious? Yeah, so me and my brother drove to New York. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing. And then they wouldn't hand it over because he didn't fill out the right paperwork. And we ended up getting it, but then I couldn't get it home. So... Yeah, it cost me four and a half grand, but I didn't get it home, so it was like that's insane. But um, but yeah, so I just I just worked, I was just working flat out leading up to that for like three months, doing like days and nights and all sorts. But I was like, I did not have a care in the world because I'm like, you knew you were gonna be. I'm there. gonna go, yeah, and I didn't even care that I wasn't riding, like I didn't give a shit because I knew what I wanted to do, and I just needed to have some money to be able to do that. So, um. Sent my bike and everything, and then yeah, when I went over there, like I literally hadn't ridden not not a single thing, not once, not a track, not a ramp, nothing for three months. But I, I'm glad I did work because that trip ended up costing me twenty five grand, um, because there was a lot of other things that came up in between. Like I would bent, I went through fifteen sets of handlebars in a week, and because I was bending on the up ramp, because when I yeah, so when I went there, Travis like the the ramp that Josh Sheehan used that wasn't around anymore that was for one thing and then that was done it was it wasn't even on the property it was done so I didn't know what ramp I was using I didn't care so you would
1: this was all to try the triple yeah so So you hadn't even landed
2: the double at this point No, not to dirt I've done one to I've done it to an airbag landing And I could do them into a foam pit and stuff. And like I had ridden out of them, but I hadn't done it to dirt. But I'm like, I'm fucking, I'm going,
1: like I'm doing this. So you wanted to do, the the triple was more important than the double.
2: Yeah, way, yeah, way more. So yeah, sort of, I had no, I was going in completely blind. I didn't know what ramp I was using. I didn't know how fast. I didn't know what gearing I needed on the bike. I didn't know what it looked like. I had no, he didn't, didn't mention it. I had no idea. So I remember pulled, (laughs) pulled up to his house I went, I went over with my brother, um, and we like stayed in, we flew into, um, BWI, Baltimore, Washington International, and then we got in pretty late, so I I didn't want to rock up at Travis's house late at night, so we got like a shitty, um, hotel, and it was like, dude, it was in the full, Baltimore, in the full ghetto, like it was mad, (laughs) there was a dude trying to buy a hotel room, he had like five Coins. He's trying to get a room, yeah, like it was just dodgy. I was like, "Fuck!" I didn't want my gear bag to get stolen. Yeah, I pretty yeah. much didn't sleep because I was like, "This is fucking so dodgy." Dude, there's some wild joints. There, yeah, like. it was pretty wild. But then, um, yeah, so we rocked up at Travis's the next day, And, mate. I was like, "How nervous oh, were you pulling up to the?" Oh, I, I actually wasn't nervous, but I was so excited. I couldn't. I can still. I can still remember the excitement I had to this day because when we were pulling up, I remember it was like. It was like, two, I was turned left in two miles to, and that was his driveway. And I was just like, I couldn't fucking believe it. And I was like, <laughs> and the best thing was, is that even though I hadn't been there, I felt like I knew what it looked like. Yeah. I, I knew his whole property just from like videos and, and, you know, Nitro Circus movies and that. So it was like, when I rocked up, I was like, I already know what it looks like. But when we rocked up, no one was there. So was, he gave me the gate codes, <laughs> let myself in. I was just cruising around. And um, then he rocked up like hours later i was just like cruising around you know having a look at stuff and i actually i walked out the back um and the ramp that i thought um yeah the ramp i thought i was going to be jumping like i just looked at it and i just presumed that must be what i'm jumping it was actually the ramp that jed milden did a quad flip off oh yeah yeah but it was like it was like this skinny and it was like massively tall and um i was like oh sweet That, that that's obviously it like yeah, I'm all right. Let's do it. Like I was stoked. I thought it was fucking awesome. Yeah. And then um, I found out that obviously wasn't the ramp. It was BMX ramp. <laughs> but um, yeah. Then he he rolled up and then we got this ramp um sort of set up and then um, so I had yeah I had um Josh Glenn from Freeform Action Sports over there helping me. So he owns an airbag here in Australia. So he was sort of helping me out and my brother was there. Um so with the bike rocked up like a week late so i couldn't do anything for the first week so i had to extend the trip a little bit and then we went to new york got the bike had it all set up and this ramp was um it was it turns out it was actually the ramp that travis did the um aussie roll to the double backflip 360 so like fantastic ramp it was a great awesome ramp but not for a triple flip though like it was good for a double flip combo um or the aussie roll but For the triple flip, it just wasn't quite enough. But like, I was still, I still, I did commit to three. Like, I did actually get one around. But, um, it was, you know, I tried to. I didn't really know where to set the ramp. And the first days of me doing it, Travis wasn't there. It was just, it was just me. So like, I didn't know. I didn't really know how to do the airbag stuff. How it was meant. I hadn't actually. I don't think I jumped into one. I might have, but uh, I didn't know where to set it and stuff. And I was. I think I was in. I think I was in second gear still um anyway and I we set it at whatever and then I just started I You're was just pissing I, in the wind yeah I started just I think my first jump was a double flip just to feel it out and then it was gnarly I've got videos like the I've got a helmet cam video which is cool the running like it wasn't flat it was up in the woods yeah so I was coming down this hill in between trees and then I'd get onto a flat bit of like flat ground for like 30 feet and then that was a ramp so you couldn't see the ramp until you're on it basically and I was coming like hooking in but I had to hit the ramp so fast to try to go high enough to do three that the like the g-force and everything of me hitting the ramp was like that's what was bending my handlebars because I was like g-ing out on this thing so fucking hard and then just pulling but like in a perfect world, to do like a double combo, you'd come in slower and pop b- b- yeah. b- b- off the ramp. But that I I tried that and it wasn't it wasn't enough because really it wasn't the best ramp for that trick. But um, I think by the second day, maybe or the third day, um, I pulled like I sat into it and pulled one round and and technically a bit of an under rotate, but technically it was a triple flip. Yeah. Um, and like because that's like a lot of a lot of people think because I've been doing it doing the on like working on the triples since 2019 a lot of people think like it took me that long to learn yeah it it was that's not the case at all like i did it on the third day i got got one around to the to the front wheel i got it around but the reason it took so long is because a no one i had nowhere to do it like no event nowhere to do it when i got back to australia i didn't have the same ramps and i I wanted to build the same ramp but i had no money to do that because i just spent spent 25 grand grand yeah um, But it didn't take me that long to do. But in the way, like in the, the process of it happening, there was a lot of different things and different ramps and stuff. And it was more so just waiting for an opportunity to do it. I was asking anyone. I was like, I want to do a triple flip. Give me a, any ramp and something like I just want to start working. But I, I didn't have any contacts. So I didn't really have anyone to, you know, no one really wanted to help out. So it wasn't that it took me four years to learn like I learned it on the third day but it was just a long process of being able to find someone to do it and then I did finally have a setup where I was going to do it um I was going to do it at Nitro World Games not this year gone but the year before off this crazy big ramp which is like eight meters tall which is what I was doing them on for a fair while um which I it's what I broke my femur on at the start of the year but I was going 100 feet high and 65 feet distance I was third gear completely fucking wedge off this that rant, is Psycho. going mad but like I didn't think it was psycho at all at the time I was like fuck this is what we're doing like it was and that's where I really started b- trying to put on some size because I was like I was getting so fucking hurt on that thing but I loved it like I fucking <laughs> I, loved, I was like nothing better than going back to work on a Monday with a black eye and fucking you know And then you're working With people on slide That are talking about Doing wheel stands Down the road And I'm like I never would say anything But I was like I fucking loved it And then yeah. that's what Was getting me up At 3am to go train I'm like This is fucking sick It's like a big demon That you are about. Yeah playing. I just thought It was unreal But the process. So after, sorry, just to rewind. I'm carrying, no, 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 carrying no, on no, a no, bit no, no. here. But so after the the whole Pashinaland Land thing, had an epic time and like dude, I got how good is he as a person? Oh, he's a legend. Like like I he is unbelievably yeah, cool. Couldn't speak more highly of the fella. Like he's yeah. just a like just a ripper bloke, just a normal guy, just yeah. a just a dude. But I no, he's not. He's so generous. Yeah, but like, like he's abnormally. Yeah.
1: He's, he's a normal guy in terms of like the way you interact yeah, with yeah. Him, but he is abnormally generous yeah. with people and like that whole he just gives you the gate code and yeah, you just yeah, go, yeah. that's 100% him man like and it's like, crazy
2: yeah like I got a like I I didn't want to have to be a burden to him and I didn't want to have to rely on him for anything so he was stoked that I rocked up with my own bike because other people that go there they just expect him to get him a bike I rocked up I got a uh, like I got a I hired a Dodge Ram a truck, which because I was like 19 or something or 20, it cost me a fortune So because I was like Yeah, Yum. underage. Yeah, it cost yeah, yeah, yeah. me a fortune. But like I didn't – he was already going so far out of his way to help me and I, I'm no one, you know, and he's helping me so much. So I just I, – like, I went and got all my food for like I did every single little thing. I was going to a gym. He had a gym at his house, but I didn't want to ask him to use it. I was like going – like paying to go to a gym. I was doing everything I could – Because, you know, I just appreciated it so fucking much. Like, it was just so, you know, it was unreal. And then... um, But did you
1: end up staying at his joint? Yeah,
2: so I was going to, like, looking at getting accommodation and that. And he's like, no, you stay here, mate. And I'm like, fuck, this is pretty cool. So, um, yeah, we we did that. And, like, it was... I mean, the whole whole experience was unreal. And just to have him believe in you. Yeah, yeah. That's
1: probably worth... Oh, like more than 25 grand no like for him more to than believe, a million more yeah. than a million
2: bucks to be yeah. honest I think I I, well, I, don't think like you could put a price on that for, for me personally I um, completely agree I think that's amazing you know like just to have him as a mate now I like, can you know I can give him a text or a phone call and it's like it's sweet and I guess that's actually how the Black Rifle deal um, oh, yeah, came yeah. about so that back then he was still with Red Bull and um, he it was once I got home it was like after the OzX maybe but he we we were in contact staying in contact still and he um yeah he reached out to me and he's like oh I've got a got a company that wants um wants some like wants a freestyle rider they want to put a helmet on someone you know and um they didn't have any freestyle riders at this point and I was like oh yeah who's that and he he told me Black Rifle and I had heard of him because I'd seen him on the Joe Rogan podcast Yeah, yeah um Evan Hafer who's one of the owners yeah yeah and Travis said to me, so he was still with Red Bull and Travis said to me, he's like, um, he goes, oh, that's where I'll end up. He goes, I don't know when, but it might be a couple of years, but he goes, that's where I'll end up. And I'm like, fuck, this must be like, this is yeah. pretty cool. So that's kind of how that all came about. That didn't come about for probably another eight to 12 months, that deal, but that's how the introduction was. So Travis was the one that put me in touch with them and got things happening. Um, and then, yeah, so I got home and I did the the X Open stuff, which was cool. And then... I didn't obviously I didn't get my motorbike back and I had to give back the old practice bike to, to Dale Hocking. So cheers Dale for that. And then um uh,
1: legend of the game.
2: Yeah. I was pretty hard up for cash. I just spent me me twenty five quid. Um so my brother bought me a bike, um, off race line actually. It was um uh Justin Rodbell. Justin Bellrock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it yeah, was his. Yeah, yeah. They built it for him for Supercross, but then he didn't get a visa, so he couldn't come over or something. So we bought his spare race bike, um, and then I started hooking in on that. And then at this point, I was still doing all the same shit with work and everything, but then I really started going after the triple hard. And what I, in my head, what I wanted to do this whole time since then, since 2019, was. Obviously, the ramp that Sheeny did it on was enormous, and I could, you could, I could never speak more highly of Sheeny as a person, of a rider, and how ballsy that was. And that was like was crazy, the craziest thing anyone's ever done, ever to this day on a yep. motorcycle. But you know what I thought in my head was like that—that that sort of thing can't be replicated. Yeah, you, you yeah. can't, you can't take that to a stadium and do that. It, it can't be done again. And I just thought there's got to be a way to do. You know, as like as time goes on, and, and you know, equipment like motorcycles get better, and and you learn more about ramps. You can always things can go better. You can scale things down and everything. So I'm like, I always wanted to do it on like a smaller size setup because, and still, still right now to this day, I want to be able. To, I want to do as many as I can. I want to do a hundred, a million. Yeah. I want to do them like I want to do what Cam Sinclair did with doubles, with triples. Yeah. So yeah. wherever I can do them, I want to do them. So I'm like, I need to do it off a ramp, but smaller, that um you know, that I can take to places and do them. So that's where I really started hooking in. And, um, I actually used the, the first ramp I used for the foam pit, which I didn't, I did two and a half off. I got that ramp and then we made some mods to it. Um, we, we had it jacked up like 600 mil. We had a bobcat parked in front of it. Um, so I wouldn't rock forward and we made a little extension. And then I was working, I think at the time I was still doing a bit of the rail work, but then I was also working as a brickie. Yeah. Um, so I was working during the week and then I was um I was hiring an airbag off someone. It was costing me fifteen hundred bucks for the day. So I'd get the airbag out and I had to I had to pick it up and drop it off on the same day. And it was a big airbag. I was, it was a bag jump, but it was like a full 40 by 40 footer or whatever. It was a big dog. So it was like hard to pack up and shit, you know. And this is in Melbourne, this is in winter. And um I was going out to the to the property and we had an old, it was where Cam Sinclair's original compound was where I did my first um, backflip and everything yep, yep. but there was no longer a compound there because it had to get shut down but I got a, um, <laughs> I got an excavator and I was like I know because it all got filled in with dirt and I'm like I know for a fact that there's an asphalt run up somewhere here because me and Cam laid that asphalt run up six years ago and I'm like I know there's a run up so it was muddy as fuck like it was so muddy and I started scratching around, and then I found a bit of. I'm like, yeah, that's it. So I, I dragged back the the dirt, and I had a bit of. It was the, not a great run up. Like it was, it was pretty. I mean, it'd been sitting under dirt for six years and water, uh, yeah. shit, but I found that asphalt run up, and then, um, it was so muddy, man. Like, so what what we used to do? We used to have the airbag. I'd have tarps and stuff, and I'd go. I'd get the airbag. Um, I'd hire Like I'd hire a car trailer. Give him the cash. Get the airbag. Take it out there. Set it up, and then because it was so muddy i used to have um brett who owns the property had um a forklift like a like one of those Kubota with yeah. the big four-wheel drive wheels so and i had like a um it had a double double pallet so i'd put my i'd get geared up like out on the driveway and i'd have my gear and my bike and my stand on the double pallet and someone would drive me out on the forklift and would drop me off directly on the asphalt and there was no warm-up no speed checks no clearing out the bike i'd just start my bike and rev it up and the airbag was water all over it and then on the sides it was like deep in mud so I couldn't do a warm-up jump I'm like all right so I've just worked 60 hours this week and I'm spending my whole wage on today let's go like let's fucking go so I just start me bike rev the fucking tits off it then sight myself up punch myself in the head a few times and I'm Like let's go and I, I knew I was gonna regardless I knew I wasn't gonna land on two wheels I was new like I was gonna get it around to the wheel like to the front but then like you're yeah. taking a hit yeah and I'm like, and I was I fucking loved it I was so stoked I was like <laughs> this is fucking awesome so I was doing that and I would do all that and I'd have my mates out there helping me and you know and spending all the money and stuff to do one jump and I was fucking stoked and I'd go to work so sore the next day I'd drop the airbag off on the trailer drop the trailer back to the servo so
1: literally one jump you couldn't one do jump. anymore
2: there was times I could do more but maybe two like gurney the gurney the tires getting my boots, like, I'm talking, I've got photos, it was gnarly, it was so muddy, man, like, it was fucking brutal, like, it was, anyway, and then, like, I loved it, I thought it was so sick, because that was, that's what I wanted to do, I didn't give a shit about anything else, and yeah. I'd go to work, tired, and busted up, and sore on Monday, and I'd be doing a 12-hour day, and I, f- I fucking loved it, I just thought, I'll do it again all week, and then hope to do it on the weekend, you know, and then, um, like, a few of my mates were like, fuck, man, like, how long can you keep doing? Like, you've, you are really beaten yourself up. Like, one time I got knocked out for like, I don't know, like six minutes or something. And Cam Sinclair, he was real worried because I was yeah, like, he's <laughs> had head injuries. Yeah, and I was like, I've been knocked out heaps of times as well and I was, I was doing some weird shit and I kept asking the same questions for like hours and hours and I went home. I didn't even go to the hospital but then, I ended up, one of my mates picked me up and took me to the hospital but like, because I, 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 I um had my foot hooked under the gear shifter and the rear brakes, so I double hook and I I think something happened and I actually went to eject and then my foot was still hooked under the shifter so my as i've jumped off the bike my boot and the gear shifter has pulled the bike down back so fast yeah. and the yeah. swing arm landed on my head and cracked oh. cracked the whole helmet and everything and that's what like fully cowed me so i might have had, like two weeks off and then got back into it but a few of my mates were like man like how how long like can you what What else can you do like is there another way and i'm like no and i i remember saying to, to josh freeform i said mate i ain't giving up because i know i can do it and i said you believe like you work hard. I'm like someone somewhere is gonna notice this. Someone will, and and I might get a, a chance to ride it at a different place or, or go somewhere where it's not muddy or, yeah. or be able to do a few jumps or have a better ramp. I was like, you got to keep going. You have to keep going. So I just kept doing it, and I was, and no one really knew because I didn't really have much going on as far as like sponsors or anything. I had great help from friends, you know, and which is which I appreciate so much but i didn't really have much else happening and then i guess as i kept going and kept working like i like i kept hoping would happen and i believed would happen someone would sort of notice and then that's when nitro um and i I was getting the triples around on that sort of setup and then that's where nitro did they did notice and they put a little bit of like a little bit of budget into me doing them on this massive ramp so travis and his crew Uh, i think it was nate wessel and and travis and a few other dudes um put together this these specs of this massive ramp and they sent him out and um we went and had it built i think it cost like 10 grand because it was such a big ramp and did they pay for that yeah they they they, um so we so josh glenn from freeform he he built this thing him and his crew and he paid for all the materials and then nitro reimbursed him whenever that was um and I hadn't seen this ramp because Joshie lived in um, Phillip Island and I was like in the southeast in Vic. So it was a couple, couple of hours. I hadn't been out there and seen it, but I was like so keen. And Josh was sending me photos every day. And, that, and he's like, man, this – because it's it's built in three pieces. Like you need yeah. you need a crane to put it together. It's that big. <sighs> like an excavator, nowhere it can reach. Like it's huge. And he's like, man, these things are like big. And I was so fucking pumped. I was like, make it bigger. <laughs> <That's what laughs> I love yeah. it. And then um, we we hired a um, – in Ararat, Victoria. Do you remember yeah. Lewis Stewart? Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, so his parents' Mate, so property. So
1: I used to... Dude, I, when I moved from Cairns, yeah. I moved to Melbourne. Yeah. And I lived in Geelong with Subby. From stroke, I don't know if you. Oh remember, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I lived it in with him in Geelong. Yeah, we used to take the train into North Melbourne every day. Yeah. and back. Yeah, and, yeah. And I worked for Konski Yeah, and then on the weekends I used to go stay at our rats at his parents' farm. And so you've down. been there. Yeah, yeah, I'm no aware. way. Yeah, so that's yeah, so yeah. we
2: so we hired a piece of their land. Yeah, right. And um, cold as. Fuck yeah, that there's joint. nothing. There's no, nothing to do there. Just it's, rabbits. There's. A, it's a weird place. right There's like a. There's a jail there, and it's where they send the real weirdos, like yeah, yeah. mentally ill. Like it's a real weird joint. So we'd go. Well, we started going there. So that was like a. I think it was a three-hour drive, maybe for me. And um, so we'd go out there, and we we got a yeah, we hired a piece of the land, like rented it, sort of thing, leased it, and then we hired a digger. So why there? Um, just because anywhere closer to home, like you couldn't physically do it with council. And I I was, believe me, I was trying to find somewhere closer, but I reached out to heaps of people and no one was like, you know, um, but it was awesome of Lewis Stewart. So my mate, Josh from Freeform action sports, his little boy, Rocky, who at the time was like five years old or something. He was being coached by Lewis Stewart. He was doing coaching and stuff. And I think Josh, you know, was just talking about our plans and stuff. And then Lewis Stewart, um, really helped us out and he's like oh well fuck we've got heap, we've got like so much land in Ararat that doesn't get used and there's no one there no one's gonna complain like, yeah, literally yeah. no one's there so yeah. um so that's kind of how it came about like we had looked at doing some things at um places that were close to it and it just never worked out so I'm like all right let's do we'll do that so well, yeah we went out there and we hired a digger I think we had like a 20 ton digger and Josh's brother Sammy he's a he's a whiz in a in a in an excavator so we went out there and we, we scoped out the paddock and there was like a hill with some like slight elevation. Like it didn't look like much, but what we wanted to do was because this ramp is enormous, we wanted to like dig it in a little so, bit, and have so a, that it, yeah, have a step up sort yeah. of, and um yeah, Josh has had a good eye. He's like that hill looks like it'd be good, and I didn't think it had enough pitch. Like I thought it was, but I you know I don't know as much as him. Like he's that those guys are so good at what they do, so um we had this gnarly running like this gnarly trench dug like it is huge man and um yeah we had it dug sammy had it dug in a day and then we yeah drove home and then back to work for the week and joshie's running his concrete business and then the next weekend we come out with a crane truck um well no it was sorry it would have been a couple of weeks because we had to get the parts of the ramp delivered there over a period of weeks because it was like it's a three-hour drive each way, and you can yeah. only fit one piece on the truck. So it was a, it was a couple of weeks, but then we, once it was all there, we went out with the crane truck and we had the ramp set up. We erected all the ramp, and then um, Joshy poured a concrete slab and everything out there for the ramp to sit on. And we had to, we bolted the thing to the concrete, and then another weekend we take out the airbag and set it up. So it was like a period of a couple of months of hard work basically, and, um, and and you know and money going into it. So we got out there and this ramp, like Travis just designed this thing. It's never been jumped he didn't say oh you should jump it in this gear at this gap well, i had no idea man like no idea but i was but i was so fu- like i was jumping out of my skin how fucking keen i was like i was like you know and then um yeah, we had this this bad boy set up and um and then like travis said i think we we're on like a bit of a group email and um because i was just out there on my own me and my mate me and one mate that was it and he was sort of like like that thing's pretty big like He was kind of leaning towards having it up close and jumping it in second gear, just doing a straighty. And I'm like, nah, I'm not fucking doing that because the way that we dug the um, like the trench and the run up, like the airbag could only be it couldn't be hard up. I can't can't do that. But I'm like, I don't want to. The things that were it was called the third gear ramp. I'm like, it's a third gear ramp, so I don't really I don't want to jump it in second and then have to adjust things. I'll just jump it in third gear. I'll just set it up. we'll just fucking set it up where it is and I'll just hit the thing fast enough to land on the airbag it's yeah. simple <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then um, so we set it like the distance to the middle of the bag was 65 feet I think and um, but I kind of didn't know if the ramp was going to send me straight up or if it was going to send me like that so I went up the day of doing it i went up with my iphone and i stood like on the side of the ramp and i was holding my iphone at the angle of the kicker and i'm like oh it does look like i'm gonna go distance not just straight up so i think yeah we set it like it's like 65 feet to the center of the bag and i had a 110 meter run up or something and i just started shifting gears and hit the thing third pin like so fast you know and um and I landed perfectly on the logo in the middle of the really, road. yeah, Dude, it was sick. I got that's, but, that's so we've got mal- a little doco that's been like Nitro's put a little doco together of all this. So I have to send you some stuff. But it was cool. Like, and then my very next jump, I double I did, so I did a straight jump to start off because I wanted to see what it was like and also to test the pressure of the airbag because I hadn't jumped that high yet to an airbag. So we, we were kind of testing a few things. And then my very next jump, I did a double flip, um, and then I think. Fuck! It was not long, like I don't know. Oh, and then so yeah, I think I just did a bit that day, that first day. So I did, I did a couple doubles. We went back and stayed at the little motel in town, and you know, looking over footage and stuff. And and then the next day, I think I did a triple flip. And then um, I sent back the footage in this group email, and they were like, "What the fuck's wrong with you?" Because they were like, "They're like we." Like night show wanted me to go and test the jump and just like jump it just to see if it worked. Like they didn't even think I was gonna like do any flipping or that. It's like they just wanted to see what it was like and if the airbag and everything worked. And I was like, well, that's kind of what I'm coming to do. Like I wanted to, yeah. I wanted to have a go at it. So you know, fuck, I got to go back to work tomorrow. Like yeah, yeah. I made, made the most of it while I'm here. But um, but then yeah, that kind of just that kind of continued on and um. I didn't get to write it very often, um, but then, like, I did get a few really good sessions in, and Sheeny come and wrote it once with me, which was so much fun, and it was cool. Like, we, we played around, like, we... Um you know, we were we were jumping this thing, and literally from the ground, from where the ramp sits, we'll we'll we go on a hundred feet, so it was super high. But sheenie did the craziest thing I've ever seen. sheenie did a holy an upright holy grab, like like that, into a double grab off this ramp. It was fucking mental. And um, and then we were doing like turn ups. So like, we'll leave in the ramp like dead straight, you don't want to carve off that thing. But we'll go on dead straight. Then once we we're in the air, you just feel like you you just weightless. You can just move your bike, and we we're doing like turn ups off this thing, and. Anyway, so that was that was the plan, and we were using that at World Games, and we had a um, we had bag jump um, in Europe. We had them. We designed a landing. Um, so me, me Sheeny and Travis were sort of working together um, just over all the footage and emails and stuff, and we figured out the landing. So the landing was going to be ten meters tall. It was going to be fifteen meters wide at the top, and then twenty meters wide at the bottom. So it was going to kind of go out like yep. that can't remember the exact angle but the angle was it was it was pretty steep it was really steep like really steep and um but like we were, i was doing them like i would i was doing them easy like not easy but i was doing them like no worries like once i figured it out yeah i was like i wouldn't jump it for four months because we then needed an ambulance to be there with nitro for safety and then like that cost money and so like it wasn't i couldn't just i wanted to just go there every weekend but like it was sometimes four months Three, four, five months So I I wouldn't ride it for five months And I'd go back And my very first jump of the day And we've got all this stuff documented My very first jump of the day I'd do a perfect triple flip and, but I, at this point I wasn't allowed to tell anyone or show anyone. Yeah. So I'd been doing this for so long, but not allowed to show anyone. And it was kind of killing me because I was still just going to work on the Monday and like, I still didn't really have any sponsors at this point. And like, I had some people that like friends and stuff that helped me out and, and give me some little cash here and there. And, and so what was Nitro telling you at this point? Uh, they just said, you can't do it. We're going to, we're going to release like a, I had to sign something so I wouldn't, you know, tell people. And, um, it was like, we're going to unleash it. At World games, um, in 2021 uh, or maybe it was even before that and i got canned with it was even before that might like, have been 2020 it was when 2020 they, yeah, yeah, no no yeah, it was yeah, 2020 yeah, world yeah, games yeah. we're going hard at 2020 world games yeah. and then that got canned with co- i was man i was like fired up man. i was so spilled because i was so ready to do it and i've yeah. been training and i've been doing them really good and um, like, it's kind of like this one thing that
1: you've been working towards yeah, and so can I was, do it I you was, know?
2: yeah I was spewing that, that you know that that happened and then anyhow um, I just kind of kept going but so that after that because I was like fuck I can finally tell everyone in 2020 and it's gonna be you know this will be mad and, uh, and it would have looked pretty spectacular off that ramp because it is so big you know and um, and then yeah so night show like look we're gonna we're gonna do it next year I'm sorry you gotta wait another 12 months but and we, you know, we've already got all this amazing filming um, by Arnie and Taz, who they run like R. Willie's YouTube. They yeah, live in yeah. the sunny coast. So they, they've got all this sick footage of, of everything. And, um, you know, we're going to like release like a little video series leading up to World Games, blah, blah, blah. And then, and then they canned it. And then it wasn't going to happen at World Games. And I, like they just wouldn't do it. It's too dangerous or something. And I called Travis and I'm like, mate, fuck's going on here i'm like you gotta back me up man like this is all i care about it's all i want to do and then travis is like yeah we're doing it we're doing it so travis is like they were like oh no one else will jump it so and i'm like i said don't put me in the competition i don't want to be part of the competition i don't want a trophy i said just have me as an expedition like or or a half time at world games yeah, and like, yeah just yeah. put me in it because i've just spent so much time and money, and not not only that, I don't care about that, but I want to do it it's so like bad. It's just your goal, and I'm like, just let me set me up in the car park. I don't I don't care. Set me up somewhere, and then Travis is like, Travis has never jumped this thing. Travis is like, hey, I'll, I'll come over and jump it. Then there's two of us. I won't do a triple flip, but he's like, I'll jump it. I'll do a double flip kod and i'm like he's got me back he's a mad dog and then um anyhow and then it wasn't happening and then i like i started like phone calling like all the big dogs that threw on action sports and nitro circus and i'm like sending them so much footage and i'm like i i will do it like let me let's let's figure out how we can do it and then they changed a bunch of shit like they they, they were being positive towards it but i had to really if i didn't kind of kick their ass about it it wouldn't happen so i kept i just kept on them and then we got, like, a layout of the Suncorp Stadium um, for the 21 World Games, which didn't go ahead. And then, um, like, I needed to cut the run up shorter by, like, a fair bit, like 20, 20 or 30 metres or something. And they're like, oh, you won't be able to do it. And I said, no, I'll be able to do it. I said, what we'll do is I'll go out to the compound. If you can, like, organise ambos or whatever to be there, I'll happy to do it without it. But if you organise that, and I said, me and Josh will mark... Exactly where we needed to go, and we'll yeah. we'll shovel a berm out of dirt. We'll build a berm, and I'll come on a 45 degree angle, and I'll hit a berm in second, then I'll click third and hook both feet and do it, do a triple. And they're like, "Oh, you think?" And I'm like, "No, we'll just we'll make we'll it work. It out, It'll yeah. work." And then we went and did that, and it worked, and it was sweet. and Did it for like um, first go, did it, and then they're like, "Fuck, this guy really wants to do this." And then anyway, then yeah, that shit didn't go ahead, and then I was um. I'm like fuck. I was getting pretty not frust- not frustrated with anyone in particular, but just just with the circumstances. Yeah, I guess. the situation. And then I'm like, and at this point, I still can't tell anyone. I'm not allowed to tell. Like, I, I really wanted to try to reach out to like some because you can't comp- get sponsors. Yeah, you can't and I'm get- like, I'm still doing the normal job, and I don't really have much going on, you know. And I, I just. Not that not that working a normal job's bad because I still to this day I still work a normal job but I just wanted a little bit of help not not necessarily money in my bank account but just to go towards some other things because yeah. I was I wasn't riding at all I'd work like fuck and then I'd go out there on the weekend and haven't ridden for however long and just but which is fine I'm glad it worked out as it did anyway but um but anyway then I was gonna do the I was gonna do it on tour on the Nitro tour and then um I last sort of. But that was this year i think yeah because didn't go ahead so i was going to do it on tour this year uh, and that was all sort of set up and then um yeah start of the year it was like feb maybe um i was doing some back then so the ararat lease had ended so we had to fill that in yeah flatten all that out and then i was searching for another place to do it and then i went and set it up at jacko's place and the yeah. ramp the ramp's actually still there at jacko's and um and then i ended up breaking my femur snap my femur doing like i <sighs> like, landed on the airbag um and then that was a <laughs> that was a fucking pretty bad one actually like obviously a femur is bad but man that thing hurts so much hey i was like screaming like I've had a lot of injuries, um, like like any motocross or freestyle rider has, but that one for me was a it was a killer. You snap that bone, yeah, hectic, and my bro. leg was sort of uh, it, it wasn't compound, but the the bone was certainly like facing it was it was pointing against the skin, but and my lower leg was kind of facing the wrong way, um, and it was hurting like so much, you know. And um, Jacko was there, and Jacko's like, we got to get that thing, like we got to get that thing straight because I think if you leave it. It can cut off your blood or something, it can, yeah. You can, yeah, I think it can be a disaster. So like, and I was laying on the airbag, and I had my old man was there, and I was like, I can squeeze him, like his arm was in so much pain, and they were trying to, but like my quad muscle had like locked, locked, up, locked on, yeah. and they couldn't, um, like they were fighting against it. Was just they were fighting against the muscle basically, and there was a paramedic there, just like not an ambu, but like a paramedic on site. Um, and then they would give me some sort of muscle relax I don't know what it was, but. Like they could like legally only give me a dose every like two minutes. So they'd give me one and they'd have a stopwatch. And then it's like two minutes. Yeah, give me another one. And they did it like four or five times. And then finally, like they were just wrestling against me. And I was like going white. I was trying to tap out. I'm like, this is fucked. Yeah, and like, I had like super strength from my adrenaline. I was like laying on my back and I was just squeezing my old man's hand, his hand, that hard. I like started like lifting him up. Like I was in so much pain, man. And then um, they they got it sort of straight. Like Jacko was literally straightened my leg for me. And then um, he's a mad dog. Yeah, he it wasn't even freaked out. Like it was just another day in the office. So and, he's a proper <laughs> mad yeah. Dog. Um, and then anyhow, then we jumped in the in the and then an ambo did arrive. And then it was like was there, so we're in Lockhart. And we went to Wagga Hospital and had the surgery there and stuff. Um, and then yeah, that was that was actually pretty brutal there too because the. Wagga hospital there's kind of not much going on it's pretty quiet smaller town and you know like the rod that they put in your in your female or in your tib, fib or whatever so they didn't have any which was kind of weird the hospital didn't have any so i just presume they would have like put me in an ambo and take me to sydney but they instead of doing that they just had me in traction so they had like a weight tied At to my ankle end, yeah. yeah so that, to pull the bones apart and they kept saying oh it's all right you're going to go into traction it's going to feel unreal and I didn't know what traction was, and I'm like, I can't wait till we do this because they're saying it's going to feel awesome. And I was like, it was hurting, you know. And I'm, then they come out with a rope and like a, like a drink bottle, like a big, like the sort of thing you piss in, full of water, and it goes up over the bed and they tied it. And I'm thinking, what? Well, this is the thing that's going to make me feel better. And they've done it and they're like, oh, how much better does it feel? And I'm like, no, nah, that, that literally feels horrible. <laughs> like That's that, a, that, sucks. That, is, that is not better. Yeah. And then anyway, they had someone drive, in like an Ambo drive to um, Sydney to get a, a, a... They call it a nail, but like a rod for the leg. And um, you'd think they'd probably grab a few, you know, because they come in all shapes and sizes. And the dude just come back with one. What a fuck And it up. was the right like length, obviously, because they measure that, but the, it's the width because it's got to go inside. Yeah. And... Um, once they sort of got me cut open and apart they figured it was too thick so then oh, they had shit. a because um, i gave my phone to the surgeon too so they took a bunch of photos because i wanted it for like document the whole yeah thing. just to have and they had like a like a drill just looked like a makita drill and it had a 300 mil long drill bit but just so like i it out but it was not like a big drill bit that was like an eight mil and they were doing these ones like, Fuck like but in, off. The, in the process of that they snapped another part of my femur like another piece snapped off And they got this sucker in there But anyway So it was like There was a fair bit of shit going on But they legally They had to tell me that Because When I go get my follow up x-ray It's like Oh hang on It's broken in another spot now So then Are you serious? Yeah But Because uh, It is what it is It was sweet <sighs> But then um Yeah then my old man He drove me Like I got out of they got out of the surgery and, like, they weren't really giving me anything for pain. Like, like they were, but not, like, very minimal, you know, because they kind of don't do that in Australia. But then I had to... Um, my old man had to drive me from Wagga Wagga Hospital to the Gold Coast because I'd just moved to the Goldie. And I was like, after the surgery, that's a shit drive. It was like... I was like i don't know 14 hours or something it was rough rough as and then i got back and i was kind of just on the couch for a bit but then like i started back in the gym mark after two weeks maybe post-surgery some crutches because at the start it was so sore i couldn't really do much but then um yeah sort of got that better and then it's like all right well fucking what are we world games coming up so that that
1: canceled the um so that cancelled. so was that
2: in feb this year
1: yeah yep
2: no shit yeah so that was it might have been yeah it was the end of feb so yeah. march almost i think um so then i sort of just started doing that doing the recovery and i was back working doing suspension so i was working at raceline yeah, yeah. um while i was in the moon boot and shit and that was sketchy because it was like always oil and stuff on the ground and i'm like crutching around <laughs> you know i didn't want to trip <laughs> over but um yeah, so i was back doing that and then still doing my training and doing the physio and just doing all the stuff to try to get better but it did take a while it probably took longer than i expected everyone else says like it was an amazing turnaround which i'm sure it was but for me it felt like it was going for ages like just the pain and stuff but um yeah so then i was like all right well world games is coming up again and i just sort of started jumping 75 a bit and then um I didn't know they cancelled the big ramp because it's too dangerous and stuff, and that was never going to happen anymore. So I'm like, "All right, well, I'll figure it out." I've, I've, I'm regardless of what happens, I'm doing a triple flip because it's been three years of like being able to do it, but I haven't been allowed. It. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Trying and to then make it happen. yeah, I started sort of riding again, and then my fucking just randomly my bike hit neutral on the lip, um, oh, just on a normal jump on 75, but I was jumping to a portable lander, and uh, like I've never in my delve into the shadows of the mind
1: CarMax, the way car buying should be.
2: My whole riding life, I've never had that happen. It was so random because there's a video of it and my foot's nowhere near the gear shifter, like, at all. And um, anyway, so then I broke my collarbone and that was just before, so I've got, like, I had surgery there. But then I was in the gym two days later and training and that, and I rode, like, seven days later. Um, but at this point, I still, I'd still i actually never jumped a moon booter. Um, I jumped ramps similar, but I'd never jumped a moon booter ramp and I... I double-flipped the Moonbooter, um, like, around this. This is, like, three, nah, four weeks before World Games. And they were asking me what I'm doing, because you've got to submit your trick. And I said, I'm doing a triple-flip. They're, like, they're like, what ramp? And I said, oh, I don't have it figured out yet. But I made out like I did. Like, I made out like I knew what was going on, which in my head I did, but I just didn't have all the resources and the pieces together yet. But, um, yeah, so I double-flipped the Moonbooter. And I did have a backup. Like, I did a double-flip... Um, like Superman Indy Off it Like just As a backup Just in case yeah, for the yeah. That's You're not doing wor- it That's worst case Yeah Like yeah. I'd rather I'd, I actually said to my brother I'm like if they don't let me do a triple I ain't going yeah. I'm not, not going in the competition I'll stay at home Yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway but then I yeah I'm like damn the Moonboot has got a lot of potential like it was really it's a sick ramp like the thing's so good so you jumped that at Harry's the first time yeah so that was yep. like maybe four weeks before or something um, wait can I stop for a piss yep and then we'll like yep.
1: fully rip into that bit
2: yep Do you need a piss as well yeah I am yeah, it, cool. it was funny I remember um
1: yeah, he used to do all, like, the athlete support at... Um, That's right, yeah. At Lusty.
2: Yeah. Um, I remember, dude, I sent you a fucking... I sent you a message on Insta. I think it was in 21. It was when I was... Had a, some of this shit... I'd had a rough go. And I remember listening to one... I, I, I just checked. I sent it to you in to, yeah, 2021. I sent you a message. What, on
1: Instagram on, or something?
2: On Insta? On on Jace, like, on your oh, personal. Oh, yeah. But I, I can't remember who the podcast was with. But I remember... Um, I remember listening to it and something that you were talking about fucking hit home. Really? And I like, I got a little bit of extra motivation. I oh, think I had sick. a bit of shit, but like, yeah, after this, check it out. Cause I was like, I was pretty fucking pumped. I can't even remember who it was, man. But Did I, remember, I message you back? Nah, but I remember I was driving. Sorry, bro. Nah, nah. I remember I was driving somewhere. Cause I, I always would put them on whenever I was driving. And cause I was like, I'm um, back and forth to Ararat and all places I was doing a bit of driving or even to work so I had um yeah I can't remember I wish I could remember who it was but anyhow it it might come to me but I remember listening to it and it kind of I can't even remember the topic but it hit home and I remember thinking fuck that's like I liked it it gave me a little bit of extra I don't know pushing pushing the back kicking the ass sort of motivation so yeah oh that's um, sick man but, oh yeah, there's the photos of the forks. I yeah, think all so the other ones yeah, must be coming. But that's it. We'll sorry.
1: we'll get back them later. Yep. So oh that's that's fucking cool that uh
2: so I feel bad that I missed that message. <laughs> no, nah, that's nah, all right, shit happens, eh? Um
1: <laughs> yeah, so we're talking we we uh we're talking about the moon booter. Yep. So then so you'd moved up to the Goldie.
2: Yep. Um what was the thinking there? Um basically the thinking was like in in Melbourne, um, as you'd know, the weather's weather's fuck. The weather bro. sucks and you know like i'm i was kind of the only one doing freestyle there like sinclair and bilko like bilko's in the states sinclair's he sort of come back out of retirement now he's getting a bit keen again but like he wasn't riding and i kind of had no one to ride no one to ride with but i had this kind of plan in my head to keep i wanted to do this other stuff so it's yeah. like i guess the average freestyle rider might not even necessarily be on board with cuz i just had these silly ideas of not silly but like i wanted to you know triples and all shit. this stuff and i just found it hard there and like i was kind of stuck in a i was stuck in a rut i guess you'd say and like i was in melbourne it's like you know those fucking big hours man it's like you people there just live to work and yeah. like i was doing we were, we were the company i was working for was subcontracting to john holland with all this rail stuff and it's like you're doing these shutdowns every few weeks on nights where you're 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 occupied for 16 hours a night you know you're 12 on site but you gotta pick your truck up and trip like travel to the sea like it was just it was just too much shit going on and i just wanted a bit more you know and i was like fuck I'd, i i want to go up there the weather's good there's a better base of people riding um and i had wanted to do it for a few years but at the time, I, like when I really wanted to do it, but I had that place at Ararat, which I'd invested some cash into and all that. So I'm like, it just, it was just the right time. Um, and we'd just done all the COVID stuff, and um, the borders were still closed at this stage. But then once the borders opened, me and my fiance Beth, we literally fucking, dude, we didn't even say goodbye to with The next, the very next day, we packed my I load van. I had two bikes, toolbox, all my gear bags, spare parts couple of clothes tv all this shit we just packed it into a van and didn't even have time to say goodbye because like we we need to get over the border. While before, the border's open. yeah we got a rental like it was hard enough to do that we just did it and we just got up here and then it was like you know instantly like just the biggest change ever like yeah. in in the best way possible and not like riding aside just uh never been so happy with like just just with normal life in general it's yeah. just a it's just an unreal place up here you know and I completely agree bro yeah like i honestly i encourage any anyone whether i know you or not i encourage anyone that's thinking about it to just do it yeah. like you think why do people go to the gold coast for a holiday because it's fucking awesome so if you can have that awesomeness every day and that <laughs> doesn't it doesn't wear off like nah. i've been here for exactly a year now and to me, I still kind of feel like I'm almost on a bit of a holiday, and you know? I've been yeah. here for a year. Like I thought that would wear off after two weeks, and and I'm not like living the dream. Like I'm still going to work and just doing normal shit, but I love it. Like it's it's so much. It's just it's a place for opportunity, and you know, like even in this complex, you know, you got Todd Waters just there, yeah, and, yeah. and you you guys, and then like you know, you got Sam Moore's just down the road, and like there's just people are just it's just the place to be like it's like yeah. a hub you there's know? like, and a, and there's like a mindset yeah
1: and that was when i when i moved back from from america i just lived at my parents for like a year yeah but it was when maddie first bought next door so maddie owns next door as well
2: oh yeah yep. and
1: so he was working out of then and, and if you watch like the very first episodes of the Podcast, like yeah. it was just downstairs in there, like yeah. Maddie was still working, like yeah, yeah, going yeah. key, keyboard going in the back, <laughs> yeah, and uh, keyboard warrior, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was, I was living at my parents' and I was just driving down here every day. And where was that from? From uh, like Springwood in in Brizzy. Oh, shit yeah, yeah right, yeah, so I just come and commuting I just commuting every day back and, and i literally just pretended like I worked for the podcast full time, yeah, like and then I was yeah. like, I'm just gonna move to the Goldie, and then as soon as it was like 2019 when harry bought his house i was like i'm moving into your apartment and then i've been been pretty much like in there yeah
2: like it's something um like i said before you know earlier i touched on it's kind of like what what the gold coast reminds me of is like temecula yeah yeah. you know it's like the hub for motocross and like everyone's there like you got kdm north america and then you got twisted development and dbk like everyone's just there and it's so cool and you can go to like a you can go to get lunch somewhere and, like, you'll see, see like, three pro riders. It's kind of like here, you go down to Wahoos and, like, everyone's there. Like, it's just, like, it's just that cool atmosphere and, you know, there's a lot of like-minded people around that, um, you know, not even people that don't even have to ride motorbikes, but just a lot of people that have got similar... People here having a crack. Yeah, similar things in common. And, like, I've got... You know, I got just as much respect for someone who's a, a chippy or a concreter who's fucking having a go, who started their own thing or doing whatever or working for someone trying to build Ooh, up. Like Grant
1: Banks, a real good example yeah, of it. Yeah, like you people know, like, are
2: having a fucking go, and I don't, I don't think motorbikes is who fucking cares. Yeah. It's a fucking motorbike. Like I don't, it doesn't matter. But like if you're having a go at anything as long as you're having a go at it and, and you're trying to do good or you're trying to better yourself or you're, or you're just working hard you know yeah. not complaining you just respect then I, I like it i like the grind I, I really do respect that so i just feel like up here there's kind of more people with similar interests in that yeah. way yeah. um and i just think that's why i think it's just a good place to live because it's you're almost like look i've never had i've never needed to like Find motivation I've always been Very self-motivated To do shit But up here It's just like that Extra extra That extra kick In the ass Like you You know like Fucking You might want to have a rest day And not do anything And it's like Nah like you look outside It's fucking sunny The beach is just down the road Like it's just a good atmosphere It's a good vibe And you kind of just want to keep Having a go and, And doing that little bit extra So like yeah, moving up here has been the best thing ever. Like, yeah, as I said, anyone that's thinking of it, do it. Like, yeah, what do you got to lose? Nothing. Yeah. Like,
1: I think just being around—it's the like-minded people, and yeah, I, I'm sure. so lucky that, like, me and Sammy have been best mates for like 15 years. Yeah, so we've always shared. We've got the same mentality now as we did. Fifteen years ago, yeah. when I was like eighteen, yeah. and he was, you know, probably like twenty, yeah. and uh, and we both had no money, yeah. like literally nothing, yeah, sleeping yeah. on shitty. But we had the same mindset. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's and like that's it just took, got you to where you are now. Yeah, it just yeah. takes years for that mindset yeah. to catch up, whether it's yeah. like money wise, success wise, yeah. like your business. Well, it's like wise. we were
2: talking about before with the training. It's consistency. Yeah, so yeah. you, the fact that you guys had that same mindset back then when you didn't have anything. But it's that mindset and being consistent and, and still chasing those goals yeah, for yeah. fucking. It doesn't take six months or a year. It's like, it's taken you know eight years maybe ten, ten, ten year ten, overnight ten success. Ten year. Yeah, yeah, but that's but that's what that overnight success shit's a joke unless yeah, yeah. you fucking. <laughs> influencer or influenza oh, yeah, or like yeah, yeah, yeah. and only fans but like that that's what you need to do to be successful yeah. and i think you know that's what it's like you you guys have obviously stayed consistent and like you know like sammy's like one of the best blokes i've ever met like 100%. he's a fucking legend and yeah. like and he's like probably one of the most generous people i've ever met as well and, and he he doesn't want to make it known that yeah. he's generous he 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 flies under the radar in that way and he just likes to help people out and um yeah like it's fucking cool you know
1: yeah so i think that when you when you yeah those people matter more than like almost your environment yeah i mean like you should really seek out people that inspire you or people because it's it's funny like even like sam and maddie both make more money than me so like at no even at no point in the success of like what i've been doing as it gets bigger and better like i'm still looking up to, to yeah, those yeah. guys you know so it's like you're always you're always around people that are doing better than you yeah. then, then you're like you never even get a chance to like get your ego over <laughs> yeah. and play you never get to be the fucking man because you've yeah. always got boys around well, you, that are. you
2: know what it's like totally different sort of um thing but it's like when you're a motocross rider and when you're younger and you always train with someone who's a bit faster older or a bit faster yeah. and it's you know it's like danger boy like he started at star and it was a big fucking it would have been nerve-wracking for him but you, you're riding with these people that are a bit older a bit more um experienced and they're faster and it's like just look you how f- you, you they just literally it's like they got a tie down strap to your front mudguard yeah, and they yeah. pull you along and, and then you become them at yeah. a younger age or, or whatever it is so it's like it, i think it's so important to to do that and you, you never want to be the smartest or the most successful the best person in the room you just want to be the hardest worker and yeah. then if you can try to you know do do things that other people are doing and just follow in what they're doing you know then it's only going to make you a little bit better so i think that's the way to that's the way to look at it i reckon everyone has a different opinion but no no I'm that's the go yeah that's the fucking go so
1: how did it feel um, Coming up into The like 50-60 crew Because you're like An outsider Like those boys Have been Working together For so long Like they're Fuck literally Best mates For like years So was it hard To kind of come in and sort of be a bit of an outsider but work towards the same sort of goal
2: or um, I wouldn't say all the boys are very um, inviting I'd say but I I mean the thing that that was it was like an easier sort of transition for me because People like Sawley, you know, like like we we're talking about earlier when he I was in like has known you for since so long. I was eight years old, yeah, and um, and Top Dog not as long, but like because Top Dog's always been such good mates with Cam Sinclair, like I've I've been able to be friends with Top Dog for a lot of years now as well. So, uh, and then obviously Harry, I've known Harry for a while, and uh, and Birchie, like. You know, when we were doing the tours in not that like nitro stuff when i was 16 and i was just the the plus one on the four person flip but like birchie was always there and like all these guys so i've been lucky that we've already been mates for years and years and years before me moving here so it's not like i moved up and I, you know it would have been a bit different if i moved up and i'm like hey you guys have got a compound can i like it was i didn't even expect to ride there i was just like i just got to get here and just figure it out as it yeah, goes yeah. but it was pretty good, man. It was a very easy sort of transition for me because, um, like, I probably have, you know, I probably have as many friends here as what I do in Melbourne, you know, yeah. or, or close to. So it's not like, um, for instance, when I moved to China, I didn't have any friends. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. there's a lot. Yeah, that's a rough road. Yeah, yeah, but no, it was like it, it was really cool, you know. And it was like basically straight away, you know. Once, obviously, because I've known them for long, but we don't hang out often. But then once I was up here for couple of weeks it's like you kind of just joined the program and it's like you know like you've been feels like i've been living here for 10 years sort of thing so yeah, yeah. um yeah like it it's fucking it's cool it's um it was it's been really good you know there definitely no complaints from from me so and, it, and i've met a lot of other cool people since being up here and um yeah same sort of thing it's just it's been unreal i've got nothing it's nothing that i would have wanted to have done differently or i wish would change or anything like it's just been a smooth sort of transition yeah. um i had i had work sort of organized before i moved up as well with with race so i hadn't been in the suspension game for a couple of years or quite a few years because i'd been doing um construction and all that other brick lane i'd done a bit of chippy work concreting um drove yeah truck drive i've done heaps of <laughs> heaps of shit but i was like get, I, I do really thoroughly enjoy um suspension i really really do like it so um that was cool so i kind of already teed that up at the time kevin williams owned it yeah so i teed that up with him so just so i knew that i'd already i'd have somewhere to make money to pay for shit while i was here so that was kind of again another easy transition i didn't have to get up here and start handing out fucking (sighs) business cards Yeah, Yeah. yeah, yeah not that i have either of them but um but no it was like it was just awesome you know like everything happened pretty easy and um you know, it's not, I guess it's not always going to be that easy. But again, you never know until you have a crack at it. Like kind of, in my head, it was going to be a bit harder than what it was. But it, like I, you know, you always think, oh, I've got to move here. Like, how am I going to trying to prep for worst case Yeah, scenario. but it's not that hard. You just, i just load your van up and fuck off. Like yeah, it's yeah, pretty yeah. easy, you know yeah. what I mean? And I always just... Especially if you've got a good chick that's down to. Yeah, you know, she was keen as, and you know, a good thing about with her is like she... It's like three of her best friends from Melbourne who she like went to school with and she used to work with, they moved here like two years ago. So coming up here, she already had like some of her own friends friends, from home that she's known for her whole life and she now works with them up here. So that's another way it's been really cool is because like obviously Beth's been able to meet a lot of my mates, uh, partners, wives, whatever and, and built good friendships there. But it's good that she can feel comfortable with her own friends from home as well. So it doesn't get overwhelming, you know, like having to change your whole life. Like, so yeah, it's like, yeah. so it just, honestly, it's worked out like probably better than I could have planned it. So, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's been, um, yeah, it's been a good, good transition.
1: And so you were, when, before we left off the piece, you are talking about hitting the moon booter for, yeah. the, for the first time. So, yeah.
2: and so when did, um,
1: when, so also as well, so is Nitro sort of like a sponsor at this point? and like uh, and when did nah. the black rifle coffee thing happen like so yep. how did it how did that whole thing work out because like we're getting pretty close to world games by this point like yeah. we're, we're in yep. what, what so, month like March April
2: this year yeah like nah, when, when would so it be
1: that you're hitting the, the moon moonbooter? four weeks before it? fuck really I had never
2: jumped a moonbooter before that I jumped things that were similar but I'd never jumped a moon at all so I'm talking four weeks out man because I'd Broke the collar, I broke my collarbone, and then I come back, and I still didn't know what I what trick. I knew what I was doing, but I didn't know exactly how yeah, it was gonna, you're gonna work. Do it. And at one point, I wanted to go back to Jacko's and and pre- like work on some stuff there, but then that kind of just never really eventuated. So I'm like, well, I've got to figure something out. Um, so then, but yeah, Nitro not not at all a sp- like a sponsor at you know at this point in time, like just a you know like a, I don't I don't know what you call it, but just. No one had done anything with night show for a couple of years because of COVID and all that. So yeah, like, no yeah. one's really. We're all in the same position, I, I guess you'd say. But yeah. Um, yeah, I jumped the yeah jumped the moonbirder just in standard spec, like just on flat ground, and I was like, damn, like that's a great ramp. Like it's just felt you know felt really good, and I was like, D- I straight away I got me thinking. I'm like that, that thing's got some potential. So I sort of just came up with um, what I thought it needed to to do a triple flip um and then i had a good friend who i met up here brock taylor so uh he he came out he's a bloody legend for this because he he was working i think he's got a back he's got a background in like um like welding and all that kind of stuff but he's working as a chippy so he he was working his normal chippy job and then he's meeting me at the compound New South, like it's technically New South Wales, but he's still driving. He was working in Broad Beach, so he's driving an hour after yeah. work he's a, to he's meet me. Oh, do you know him? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so he's yeah. meeting me there, right? And then he's bringing. Um, I, I I just ran around and got all the materials we needed. I found some mesh in fucking um or well, halfway to Brizzy, and I found the rest of the steel locally in Burley and stuff. And then I already knew exactly what I wanted. Like I knew how much I wanted to lift it, and I knew exactly how much flat I thought I needed. Um. And then, yeah, we had like, dude, we had like ladders set up as like scaff. And like, he brought his, um, we had like a Jenny and that and he brought his welder. And it was just all like full ghetto wearing thongs, like Chinese work boots and that. And we, we just worked till, till it was dark. And then. So, so
1: what moon booter were you modifying? The one that, ha- that yeah, Harry so had. Yeah. So
2: I think, I think Nitro owns that, yeah, that ramp yeah, at yeah. 5060. So, um,. Yeah, so just modify that. So what I did, because uh, a bunch of people have asked how what it was and everything, and it was, I jacked it up 320 mil, and that was, I only wanted it 300, but I found a piece of steel that was at 320, and it, I'm like, well, you know, that works perfect. So bolted the ramp to that. So that was to lift it, yeah, 300 mil higher. And then I did a 600 um 600 mil extension of just dead flat because the moon has a it's an interesting style of ramp the in america they always have that flat piece on top which back in the day i never really understood but then as i've learned travis taught me about him to start off with but as i've learned it, it's actually a really really good help so any ramps i have in the future for triples or tricks like that will always have that flat piece because what that allows you to do is you can almost be slightly lazy or not perfect with when you pull. can, like, pull into that thing. Yeah. You've got, like, that so flat you, to, like, pull against. Yeah, if you pull the tiniest little bit too early on a, on a constant radius, it's, like, game over. Your, your rotation's going to be shit. Yeah. you got to pull. And and with your doubles and triples, especially, you got to pull. The later you pull, the better. So what that flat piece allows you to do is to pull. You might pull the tiniest little bit too early, but because your bike's sort of level on the flat, mm. like, it's the same. So I, I kind of never really understood it until i jumped one and then i'm like oh that thing's like it makes a lot of sense so brock yeah brock welded um 600 of just flat and then yeah 300 jacked up so we were down there working leading up to there i was i was at the compound like i was working at Raceline during the day and then i was down at the compound every night till dark just doing bits and pieces and tidying things up and stuff and brock was going mad and then um yeah and then i obviously rode that Whenever it was, it was the next week or something. And then, um, yeah, straight away, I was like, fuck, this thing's... This We're thing's, on. Yeah, it's good. Like, it was, it was just seemed, seemed to be really good. And I did a couple of different things with the bike. Like, played around with the gearing a little bit. And um, you keep in mind, I was still in second gear. I had the option of third gear. Um, so I went, like, a smaller front and rear sprocket, sprocket from standard to try to give me a bit more of second gear yeah. but I had the option of third gear um, but I didn't need to worry about third gear because I was able to once I've got all my stuff sorted as far as the bike setup and um, and everything like that and the power of the bike and everything I kind of um, like I could I could over rotate them in second gear if I needed to if I got everything right so I kind of didn't have any need to worry about going in third gear because then you got to worry about changing your technique to not over and stuff so yeah yeah i just um yeah so just worried about that you know and, and just sort of kept doing that but that's like i think by the time we got it done it was like maybe maybe three three weeks out from world games um so yeah we're just sort of doing that and getting it ready and then it was cool because i could finally tell because nitro were hitting me up for like um they wanted the dimensions of the ramp so they could get, like, Nitro Circus banners made to fit. Yeah, yeah. And before this, I had no idea. But I can I probably pissed off with me because I was like, oh, yeah, I'll get them for you soon. But I had no idea of what ramp I was using. I didn't want to tell them because then they'd uh, pull it yeah, from yeah. World Games. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah I'll get them soon. Yeah, sorry, man, I'll get it done. And, like, in my head, I'm like, I haven't even got a ramp. Like, yeah, just yeah. before I've even jumped the thing, I'm like, oh, we'll just they'll figure it out i'm like i'll fucking make my own banner if i have to yeah (laughs) i'll take some i'll take some blue uh, material and cut it out and make it myself but um but i was like stoked because then i could finally like send them some footage and show them that i was doing it and then that was like all right sweet we're on yeah um and then i guess the beauty of that was i could like i was saying earlier i always wanted to do it on a smaller setup because then i can just use the normal down ramp that they use on tour which is the moon booter landing because yeah you know you with the the mods that uh that we made to the ramp you go a little bit higher than a moonbooter but not not Enough extremely nah yeah, like yeah. the down ramp was plenty of room you know and the way that i kind of had it set up at world games was side so land right at the top to try to make it as smooth as possible um which you know which it was like it was it was fine landing at the top so there was a lot of place to, to land like i could have gone a bit further but I guess the beauty of those ramps when they're like a moonbooter ramp, especially with it being a bit steeper, you can hit it a bit faster, but all you're going to do is go, go a little higher. bit higher. Yeah. You're not necessarily going to go much further. Yeah. Um, but then like with the triples and stuff, you go, if you hit the ramp faster, like into the ramp, you're actually going to mess up your rotation because if you come in faster you don't have that same bra off the lip and yeah. you lose a lot of momentum. So you actually go You're from... like
1: stalling yourself yeah, out
2: almost. So like that's why you'll see, you know, you come in slow and like I, I actually roll my wrist. I learned this from Cam Sinclair when he was doing doubles, but my throttle hand, I, I roll it forward like this. Yeah. So that when I give it full, thr- I can give the full throttle 100% and my and elbows you stay like here, that. Yeah, I'm yeah. not doing a chicken Did, wing.
1: You know, it's fucking mental. What? That's what Toby does at Fink.
2: Really? Yeah, that's fucking sick Yeah, I love that <laughs> Dude, he
1: goes like You'll just, you're yeah. just see me sitting there He goes
2: oh, Yeah oh, that's, And then he's just like Yeah, because then, like then you're like that Because then you're, in the, at- you're yeah. in the attack position And you're yeah. strong Yeah And like it's th- the perfect thing So I was stoked when like I started figuring that out um, And then like yeah So you lock both feet So your left boot's under the gear shifter And you just I'd click second and hold it up the whole time And just never let the gear shifter down So I'm locked in And then um, had a little some teeth like welded the underneath the, of the brake. Um, yeah and hold that up so you kind of feel a little bit odd coming to the ramp because the best way to do it is to kind of go like if you can imagine going like a bit pigeon toed like yeah. toes facing in because that way you're locked into the bike so you can pull tuck and you kind of, you kind of engage your core muscles and you kind of sit like that in the bike and mm-hmm. that's how you're going to get your best spin so you kind of at the start feel a bit odd like you're yeah, your toes are in, you're hooked in, you got your wrist forward, and it's like fuck this feels a bit weird, but then you get used to it pretty quick and then obviously that's what works the best, you know, to to make the make the trick fucking possible or make it happen. So Yeah. Yeah.
1: So when did when did um Harry kinda like you guys sort of started working? Was he working like together on it or sort of side by side, or like he nah, had his well, way, you had your way, and it well, was like he, a different style well,
2: well he wasn't at the start, I didn't know he was doing it um like i was down there doing him. uh i think he was maybe having a i think he was having a bit of time off i think he was letting he had a sore rib yeah, or something yeah. he was letting heal up so at the time i was doing him, and he was down there and we like helping out was setting the bag up and that and i was down there sort of doing them at the start and then i didn't know he was doing him. but i think he went down without me he did a little sneaky one but i think he was filming with monster yeah um and then but like so we had a very i guess we had a very different technique um different bike setup um you know different suspension like i actually did harry's suspension and oh yeah um like a couple of months before That's but i silly. but yeah like valved i re-valved his stuff to he already had a, set, a base setting but then he wanted it a little bit different so i put a setting in and that worked out um but he had like yeah his bike setup was a bit different to mine and um obviously our riding style is a bit different and our body weight and everything. So like we had our own, like we, you know, we both did the same trick, but we did have our own kind of um, twist on it, if you can say. Um, So, yeah, so then I kind of found out he was doing it, I don't know, like a, I don't know, maybe a week out or two, just before. And then we did, we went down and had think we had one we had maybe two sessions together doing them like the week before leading up and then um and then that was pretty much it because we we actually got a fair bit of rain like the first yeah yeah and then we had to get um the ramp like that ramp um we had to have that taken to nitro world games in brisbane so that was picked up um i don't know a couple of days before and then it was like taken up on a truck to brizzy and then just kind of kept at suncorp for a bit so um, but yeah well, I reckon we had probably two sessions together like what both doing it but like we were only sort of like I was happy the the kind of the mindset that I had was when I'd go out there because I could already do the trick like I'd already figured out how to do it on that on that particular ramp and being you know a week a week out from a competition you don't want to drill, drill yourself or get hurt you know so my mindset was on the day of the event, the only jump that matters is the first jump because you're doing best trick, you just do one jump, that's it. So my mindset was go out and do just one do jump. one that's perfect and then go home and that's it, that's all i got to do because you don't get, well generally speaking in best trick, you don't get warm-ups. So that's not how it is. I, so I was very surprised on the day with how that mm. all panned out because we were under like not strict instruction but we had emails leading up to the event. You had to submit the trick you were doing and they explain exactly how the competition works so you know you get um two attempts and the uh, the best attempt you know wins basically like you or well, they only take the score from your best attempt i should say um and from the time where you get the thumbs up to go you have five minutes so you can like ride around on the flat and warm your bike up river up the crowd but you only have five minutes space to do those two jumps so i was you know i was like well obviously i'm not gonna do i didn't want to do a straight jump on the first and have that as a throwaway and then do a triple because yeah probably got more chance of crashing doing a straight jump on that thing to yeah, be honest, yeah, yeah it's like so fucking peaky yeah i'm um, doing like a big ronnie mack you know so i was like but i mean I, that's not my style anyway i wasn't going there to do a straighty like i wanted i was going there to do it on the first attempt and that was that was all i'd planned for like i, yeah. didn't, I didn't have a backup plan because that's what i was gonna do yeah, you know? yeah. it was like burn the boats yeah well, i mean you know you do that you bend a set of bars it's like what do you do you get, you've only got five minutes to do your yeah. thing so otherwise it's you're going there to do it and that's it so that was why like you're yeah, leading up i was kind of uh you know previous to that a couple like a week before i was doing more maybe do three or four on the day um but then yeah leading up i was just just do one and harry was very similar like or he would he would probably do some doubles and then yeah do one or two triples maybe like in the pre the the sessions just beforehand but um so I guess in that in that way we had a pretty similar setup but I didn't bother double flipping the I never double flipped it with the extension yeah um but I just why was that well I just didn't I just didn't think I needed to because I didn't I never was going to do a double flip off it yeah yeah, so So you just
1: wanted to have the triple in your mind yeah well that's
2: all I was worried about but everyone has a different way and I look one thing I do think is good about that is it gets you a warm up like so when you go out to the compound on the day you can get your warm up into it. Yeah. But like I was kind of just in like the mindset of I don't get a warm up on the day so like I'll just try to Yeah, you were just in like, warm it. mode almost. Yeah, well, I just started I mean but like everyone's different, you know, and and I'm not saying what I did is technically it's probably stupider or whatever. Yeah. Like some people might say but for me it's smarter. Yeah. You know, but what harry did for him is smarter and that that works for him so um you know like everyone has a different way of doing things and um no one can really not no two things work for the same or two different people you know what i mean so i was like whatever it works for you do it and have a go at it and if that works sweet yeah so that was kind of how all that stuff went down so
1: how did you feel on on the day like so i flew where, well i can't remember where yeah, it was Yeah, uh, the was yeah. I? Yeah, it must have been at AusX It was and the then, same day And then it got Yeah, so yeah. then I flew back Yeah So that I could, like, be um, at the event Because I was genuinely, like, I'm, I'm close with Harry Like, we've been friends for like, forever yeah, for, yeah. Forever and, uh, and then, obviously, like, met you I wanted both of you I was I was worried that someone was going to get super hurt Yeah You know, and I And it's just a weird thing Yeah, like, you just so you don't just want, want to know. be there Just for yeah, mate, you Even just... though, like, I probably couldn't do anything for nah, anyone but you, like,
2: know you don't want anyone to get hurt so that's another thing, like, yeah, Absolutely. like, it, it felt
1: heavy, you know, yeah, like, yeah. the... that, And I, I don't normally get that feeling, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. very often. Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah, like, to go... So, I can't imagine... If I'm feeling this way on mm. the day, I can't imagine how you guys are feeling like yeah. visibly harry looked fucking rattled like when he was yeah. doing his warm-ups and like and yeah like what he said on the podcast too they were like oh yeah we're gonna go and then it got pushed back and pushed back yeah and pushed it kept, back they and kept push pushing
2: back. it back heaps but i mean i wasn't too worried it was kind of um i guess it was a little bit annoying in the way of you kind of get g would up to do something, and you and you you almost use a bit of your. You, you're trying to save your energy because I was at the stadium every day from like seven a.m. onwards, and not everyone was there, but I was there. Fucking, it was raining, I was helping like drain water off the stadium, and I was helping the track crew move ramps, and I was just trying to be a part of everything, yeah. just to help out and, and just be aware of what was going on. It probably kept your mind off, yeah, the trick a bit too in a way. Oh, I think so, but like, that's just the kind of nature I am. I want to be there and help out and, and do shit. So. But the thing that was a little bit annoying when it kept getting pushed back, but only because I felt like I was you, you almost it's hard to explain. You're but you're wasting When you G yourself got. up so much and you get ready and you get geared up, you've actually almost exhausted a bit of energy by getting yourself in that mental state. And it sounds Oh, I completely for, agree. Yeah, bro. for people that don't maybe haven't been in that position, that might not make sense, but it does take a lot of um I guess mental energy If that's a thing I don't know oh, Mental dude, strength I Yeah, yeah, yeah no, So I that was kind mean. of um, that, Look that And th- this is no one's fault It's not Nitro's fault It's just how it fucking worked out But um, Look it was a bit annoying But I was pretty cruisy um, Like when we were sort of Backstage or whatever I was pretty cru- cruisy I was just sort of Sitting there listening to music And I wasn't really talking to anyone um, Like my missus was there But she Like She was just You know was hanging out Doing whatever I was just kind of Listening to music And Yeah, just sort of relaxing, Um, and I wasn't really trying, well, trying not to think about it, because I already knew what I was going to do, so the more you think about it, like, kind of, there's no point, you know what I mean, like, you, but, like, yeah, I mean, I I was, I I felt pretty relaxed, well, I felt as relaxed as I could, Um, I might have looked a little bit um, on edge to to someone else, but for me, I felt, I felt it relaxed, yeah, relaxed enough for the situation I was in, but... Um, but I mean, look, I watched it back and you, you can kind of see that when they got the camera on me beforehand, I do look pretty relaxed. Like I was kind of joking around. I was pointing, we should, we should
1: watch it. Griff, I was it pointing to the... the
2: black rifle on my helmet you yeah, know, like yeah, when I was going out and I was doing the, doing the horns and I, like, I felt pretty good. Yeah. You were in um, the moment. Like yeah. I was, Mate, I was sweating bullets. Eh, like it was, cause really? it was so humid it and was, eh? I had like a body armor on and stuff and, um, like I, yeah I had a bunch of like you know the body armor and then like the jersey and I had like some um, Ballard's like pants with the yeah, padding in it yeah, like I yeah. had I had some layers on and I always run pretty hot too you know yeah. and because um, it was so it was so extremely humid down there in the stadium so like when I was walking around um like leading up man i was just had i had um i had a dry times towel and i was just wiping sweat off me like but i was in a f- like i don't know i felt pretty good eh, i like i felt like i was preparing for a fuck to go out and box on with someone like i, yeah, was, yeah. like, oh, bro. I yeah. was like pumped and people were looking at me and shit and i i wasn't like i, I wasn't um oh it's like i wasn't so there we're watching
1: it now for the people just listening we sort of got it up on the up on the screen
2: So you can see foot under the brake, foot under the shifter. And then the big old elbow up. Big old yeah, elbows up. Um, so see I landed good and you can see that last bit. So people are asking me about that, but you notice how I did a nose wheelie at the end there? Yeah. So what that I mean. So I landed perfect, but I was so excited. I grabbed a handful of throttle, man. Yeah, I was like, I'm getting to the end of this runway. I'm throwing me bike and I'm going mad because this is uh, f- this is four years of yeah. build up. So I actually like I think I landed perfect, but because it's an airbag, it like, just bounces. It's kind of weird, like, yeah. a, and like I'm ninety, you know, almost hundred kilos. It like it's like it just sucks the back tire in, and because like we're running like running twenty plus psi in our tires, you know. Yeah. So like, because I just. Grabbed throttle. I was just so pumped. I'm just like... And I kind of, like, did a wheelie out of it. Um, but, like, I was stoked with the landing, like, as far as the distance and stuff. Because that was one thing I was pretty... Uh, like, I just wanted to make sure I landed right... I wanted to land right at the top. So, it was yeah. at its softest. Because what I was worried about... Because having a bit of extra weight with with the bike and, and a rider, if you kind of land halfway down you can it's I don't know if you've seen with airbags, but you can get that bounce. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And when you're yeah. spinning like that with a even a double flip, for instance, if you land and get a bounce. Yeah, yeah, the momentum that you're carrying from your backward rotation, it's gonna pull you off the back of the bike. Yeah. And I didn't want that to happen, A, because I wanted to land at first go, but B, if you're meant to have Meant to have five minutes in your run if you've bend a pair of bars or, or crack a throw tube, you don't have time to fix that. So, yeah, like, how yeah. you know, so like, I got this shit going through my mind. So, I'm like, i that's why I was really, uh, I really wanted to make sure I landed at the top and and I did it, you know, perfect, oh, not perfect, but I just wanted to land it and get it yep. out of there and get to the bar and have a beer afterwards and just, uh, just yeah. like cool down, <laughs> relax. But, um, but uh, it was cool, like, it was a it was an awesome event. It was. You know it was almost a bit draining for for everyone there on the you know yeah, every athlete sure. that was there you know because like practice was getting canned and i mean it's no one's fault it was it it's was just, the just weather. it was raining yeah. like unbelievably raining and then like in melbourne the same weekend for ausx open it was sunny wasn't it yeah, yeah. Then the yeah And then the rain went there Yeah, then the rain went there it was
1: literally rain on the whole east coast of the yeah, country pretty
2: much yeah i was like what's the chances of like you know that night show circus has has had that date planned because it was the same date last year yeah so people that bought tickets last year or whatever it was the same date it's not like so how can you plan you can't plan weather a year out but it's like what's the chances man because the weekend before that it was like 30 something degrees pristine, and then like a couple days after it was like mid 30s (laughs) and it's like what's the chances but you know because it was super windy too but like if i was doing freestyle like freestyle run the wind would play more of a well a bigger impact for me i think but i wasn't really worried about wind at all because i'd done some triples into the airbag flat airbag when it was windy as and i didn't really notice it like you might drift left or right a little bit for me i always go to the right but i didn't know like it didn't it didn't at all mess up my rotation i felt because i was like tucked i was one with the bike you just glide straight through the wind so yeah. it was, for me yeah. the wind wasn't an issue but like for the other guys doing fmx and like bmx and that like some of the times when they were having to practice it was blowing a gale blowing a megan gale (laughs) it was like gnarly so it was yeah but um i mean look the guys did what they could to pull the event off there was some things that they probably could have done differently night show but no one knows at the time you know they're everyone's just working their hardest and trying to you're just scrambling to make it up trying to make the yeah make the right call or whatever and you know it um yeah it, it, it ended up as it did and we both landed a triple backflip and you know everyone landed a few people crashed but everyone was safe coming yeah. out of it and you know we all live to tell the tale so i guess yeah. it's a job well done for everyone involved
1: and that feeling right there yeah of, it was pretty unreal of hey. everyone just like yeah losing sick. their shit and the the real like sometimes i think and i've thought about this more and more in my life lately or maybe over the last couple of years is that i actually feel like relief is the feeling that we're actually chasing yeah yeah. yeah. like the the relief of something almost something. lasts yes. longer than the feeling of doing yeah. the thing like oh yeah the, i know what you mean that yeah. relief kind of just radiates yeah. for, you, you know can, what you i can, can radiate for a while in that
2: i can probably agree with that because like the that feeling there you know on the on the on the screen there like it was awesome you know and i was pretty g'd up for a you know, the rest of the night, maybe The next day, but like You know, that might have lasted two days But then I was back to normal life But like the relief, I guess Not that I haven't thought about it much But now watching it again I'm probably still experiencing that relief now Because yeah. oh, I'm yeah. like, oh, that's pretty cool So it's interesting you say that Because I hadn't really... Um, i hadn't thought about it in that way but now you yeah, you got me thinking like, yeah I've, I've i think started, you could be right about that one mate
1: <laughs> yeah i've started thinking about it like yeah. i think it was through like doing fucking jiu-jitsu competitions as silly as yeah. it sounds but it was like the the relief that i'd feel when it was over yeah that was almost the high yeah the, it, or it lasted longer because yeah you know i think and you'd maybe be able to speak on this but you land a triple backflip and it's like you're still the same person
2: Oh, yeah, fuck. You know, like, yeah. there's no... Nah, nah, But nah. I think
1: a lot of people, though, especially when they first do something big yep. like this or that something crazy happens in their life, they think, oh, this is going to be yeah. it. This is what will make me happy or this is, yeah. I'll change oh, I can tell after you, this. Like,
2: yeah, like, for me, look, I... I'll be, I'll be straight up honest. I didn't expect anything to change in my life like, at all. That's so good. I didn't expect it to because I'm not... I don't live in Disneyland, you know? Like... I understand how things work and not at one point did I think, I'm going to do this and it's going to be like... You're going to be a star. Cash money. Yeah, like yeah. No more work. Like, mate, I had a couple of days off. And me and Top Dog went mad down in Burley, had a couple of beers and celebrated <laughs> for a few days. Yeah. But then I just went back to work. Yeah. And I probably didn't have to go back to work just then. Like, I could have maybe had another bit of like a couple more days, but what were for? Yeah. Just go back to work. Go back to your <laughs> shit. Go, you know, like... You know, like it's... Yeah, things... At the end of the day like i said it's a motorbike who gives a shit yeah. <laughs> like i think it's cool and i like motorbikes but it's like jimmy fred down the street doesn't like it's not gonna you're not gonna walk down in burley and people know like who cares you just done a jump and whatever like you know and it, it's cool it was a triple backflip but there's so much there's more shit you can do like i've already put that behind me and there's all i'm already thinking about other things and, and bigger things and whatever so um But like yeah I'm glad that I do have that mindset of like knowing that your life isn't you're not going to become a superstar you're not going to make heaps of money like nothing's really changed nothing at all has really changed for me Um, I'm still I'm working on a couple sort of things just with existing sponsors like contracts for next year and stuff but um, and potentially a couple new things which I've been kind of chatting with some people about in the States but um, you know nothing really has changed but Hey, if there's anyone that wants to get behind me, I'm certainly um, interested. Open. I'm open. Um, swipe right or left or whatever you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, because I do have some, uh, I do have some cool things, um, sort of planned. Nothing has been, nothing's had the the green tick or the blue tick of approval. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, nothing's. But like, I'm working on some things with some people, um, in the states, and got some plans of some stuff I want to do. Um, so yeah, like, as I said, nothing's changed, but. I do want to keep pushing forward I don't want to do a triple flip and then kick back and start doing bunny hops and wheelies like I want to keep going yeah, hard you yeah, know? Yeah. I want to go harder like much harder so and if it were up to me I'd be doing this stuff tomorrow like I want to yeah. I'm not trying to have a cool down period like I want to keep charging but you know there's other things that when you're doing things on a bigger scale like you know there's things that you, you need um, it's just a process some financial support yeah. like some budget some you know like there's a bit more You more of a team as well like it's you know, like I guess you can see in that moment there. Like, it's a te- You need a team of people to help out. To it's not, you know, there's only one person riding the dirt bike, but there's a team of people that have gone behind making that happen. So, hundred uh, percent. You know, and and I've I've learnt that more over the years um, with trying to do some things like this that you do need good people around you, and it could just be a mate that knows nothing about dirt bikes, but they can. There they, they're there yeah. to give you a set of hands, and yeah. they they'll know. You know your mate might be a chippy, and he can tell you how to brace the ramp or or, or cut a little wedge to to wedge it to stay. Like there's, you know, you, you need that help. So um, it's been yeah, it's, I've been lucky to have good mates around me to to help out. Like Top Dog was, um Toppy was awesome leading up. Dude, I'm so stoked for him too. Oh mate, I was first comp. I was so stoked, eh? Because like there was a, like a lot of time. Yeah, in that week leading up, like I'd ride a couple of days, but I'd be happy just to just have some time off and cruise. But I was down at the compound every single night with Top Dog and Southie. I was pulling them out of the phone pit and I was—I I just was stoked to be there. Like, I was like... I'd drive home, like, pumped. And I haven't done anything. Yeah. I just, I've just been helping him, But, like, just being in that... Like, that's what I live for. In the mix. Yeah, like, I don't... If I could do something, like... If I can do freestyle full-time and not have to go to work, I would love it because I just love being in that mix. You know what I mean? And, like, I was stoked. And I think... I don't actually know if you can see it on the replays and that, but when Top Dog... So, like, I was I was going out to do my jump just after Top Dog. Not yeah. the very next, but the one after. But, like... And I was kind of in my own zone doing my shit, but then when Toppy was going, like, I switched on, and I was so, so... Stout. I was jumping and carrying on and fist pumping. I almost pulled yeah. my shoulder out doing a fist pump. Like, <laughs> I was seriously so stoked for him because we had been training together the whole time leading up, and we're doing two different tricks, but, like, we were both... Helping each other where we could with with a certain trick and like I I wanted him I, I'm serious I wanted him to land just as much as I wanted to like yeah. I was I was that stoked for him so and you know because like he had his things to deal with leading up as well oh, like yeah. he uh, he like broke his not broke his hand but he, he fucked his hand up like week like two weeks before and then couldn't ride for a bit so he went to Bali <laughs> like the week before he went to Bali just went bad <laughs> yeah and then um. <laughs> Yeah, like he was... You know, like there was little things. There's there's always... like, There's always adversity. Especially for a best trick competition because to do best trick, I was telling Southie, he's like, man, I feel so... I'm sore like leading up to it. I'm like, that's... You're doing best trick. You're doing something that other people don't necessarily want to do. So you have to... Push through the feelings of being sore because that's the whole reason you're in best trick because other people don't want to do no nah, and, and and like I don't think it would be normal to go to a best trick competition with not having an injury. Like ten days before, I broke my nose. I got fifteen stitches oh, in my dude, lip. That was heavy. It's yeah, two black eyes, and um, I healed up pretty good. And like I got a bunch of fake teeth at the front here that are all held together in a mouth guard at the moment. Um, I actually, I lost me, I lost me fake teeth the other day, oh. and I'm like. Dude I said to my missus I'm like What can I, I do I this podcast <laughs> that, that's, that's all I cared about I'm like What am I going to do That like, would have been Fucking fuck, unreal I was stressing out eh? And then um, I Yeah Just ended up A bit of a fucking home job But I got like a got this mouth guard thing made and then we just got yeah, cut a little you can't even well you can't, really, you, you, can't you can really tell can't. up close but yeah, like fuck, yeah. like for people watching they're not going to be going oh this bloke here yeah, this tattoo bloke's got shit teeth like <laughs> <laughs> it looks better with it out but fuck who cares <laughs> but um yeah look there's always shit leading up to a to a competition and I, I was stoked for everyone it was a shame that southie um didn't didn't get it around but like I reckon that second attempt, he he got his um, feet caught on the handlebars yeah. on the way out and the way back. If and he's still the at full extension. If he didn't get his feet caught, he would have landed. I reckon, or he yeah. would have been very close because I think his momentum. If he landed back wheel first because he's got forward momentum, I think the momentum still would have pushed him forward. But it was just that little bit of hesitation on the on the way out and in. But I think he did a regardless. I think he did a good job. It was his first competition? I reckon he almost needed taller bars, man. Yeah, well, it's funny because I said the same thing. Because he's a big dude, like yeah. he's pretty. Yeah, he should have just gone full solid. ape hanger. Yeah, I said that leading up, and I I also said even he thought he had the highest bars you could get, but I I was saying, well, even let's get some bar rises on there. Yeah. Like let's let's just get the bars higher because you might the actual bend of the handlebars might be okay, but if if we can get some bar risers on there, that extra bit of height there might allow you... I don't know. Like well, I we,
1: thought he almost needed to have lower a, lower it lower at the triple yeah. clamps and higher at the bars, just so you got more clearance.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I was like, I just was... Because I was helping him, because I did his suspension too just before, um, just before World Games, so I put in like the same i changed my suspension for for the triple like made it a bit harder and a bit slower but i put my normal fmx spec into southies bike for that which worked good for him and i was kind of helping him out with his with his bike but um yeah like it's it sucks but he he didn't kind of have a hell of a lot of time because he he was riding a honda and then he got a kdm and then, like, he didn't have much time on the on the horse either beforehand. So, it was kind of how it kind of always goes. Yeah, yeah. you, have, you, you just got com- to make the best of it. Yeah, eh? you have a competition a year away and you're like, oh, I got a year. And then, like, you're three weeks out and you're like, something's happened. You fucking yeah. goldfish has died. You fucking handle yeah, that. Yeah. It's like something always happens. But I've, I've kind of learned that that's how it is. And, and I guess, you know, the the good guys like the the OG you know Adam Jones and your Levi Sherwood and stuff those guys they just know how to deal with that adversity and that's what makes them champions because yeah. it's never smooth there's always something you know guys like that they travel overseas and their suspension gets lost at LAX yeah. and then they have to ride practice on standards like but those that's what makes those people who they are and and that's what the general public wouldn't know about but like guys like that are like that's why they are who they are They're yeah, champions. they just don't
1: get rattled in the moment nah
2: and like i think levi's levi's such a good example of that like again like travis i couldn't speak highly enough of levi sherwood like he's just a fucking champion you know he's just a good old kiwi bloke and um like he's helped me out a lot with um just just even just general chat but about different things with the bike and like i've always kept him up to date with the triple flip stuff back when i was doing that bigger ramp and um you know it's just been good to have a yarn with someone like that and talk about different things with with different parts on the bike and stuff and you know i just think like it's it's amazing what what he's done you know obviously with his career but like you know people talk about hard work and there's like people certain people might work like for me i like to work hard in the gym other people like to work hard at whatever the thing i really appreciate and i think is extraordinary about levi is like how hard he worked on not only his riding. his riding was exceptional the best style but how hard he worked on like getting to know his bike yeah and then having an understanding of if I change this, it does that. If I do this, if I make this swing arm shorter and shorten the wheelbase, it's going to rotate. Like, the amount of stuff that he has learned over the years and, like, that is, like, gnarly. And he's so smart. Like, the dude can it's do... It's so specific knowledge, too. Yeah, dude. but, like, I just think, you know, he... It's just, I find it pretty incredible because I've got a mechanical background. So, I, I like kind of tap into little bits in here but like he is like levels above like he's like an end he's like above an, an engineer, engineer spec, yeah. but like certain engineers would look at the stuff he does and be like oh wow that's like like it's fucking amazing yeah. <laughs> like it's yeah he's um yeah fuck, good on him like yeah. he, he's just a, uh, he's just another dude like travis who um yeah would you know I, i'd say especially now i guess you know he's he's kind of retired and stuff but just loves to give people help whether it's even advice you know, or, or making these specialised FMX parts like me and Harry were both running Levi show we'd um, swing arm on our bike yeah and right so which just basically shortens it, just shortens it. yeah so um, but yeah just another another good old Kiwi fella <laughs> yeah hey, let's
1: go to those pics Griff we got a couple of photos that were airdropped in, uh, during the piss break oh, oh the only did, two of them have come through is That's, there any of my messages yet?
2: No. Nah. Oh, that's weird. They haven't come no, through. That's a we might have to do a little edit and chuck them in, but that there, for anyone watching the YouTube video, uh YouTube version, that is oh, a... Oh, take the numbers g-
1: on the screen. No, <laughs> nah, send messages. me a
2: text. <laughs> hit, send
1: him, a, hit him up. Send us a photo of your hog. <laughs> I should have saved your number. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, all cock shots, go, yeah. go to J.O.
2: Um, yeah, so that's just a photo of a set of bent forks from the 2019... Pastrana land trip. That's so heavy. Um, that was another pl- when I was saying about that twenty five thousand dollars budget that it cost, Like I'd, I'd budgeted for a little bit, but like that there, so I bent those forks and I needed a set of forks like ASAP, you know. And dude, I, and, but I wanted a pe- I want a set of production forks because that's what I had my settings for and that's what I liked. And yeah, I could have got a set of cone valve forks cheaper than what I paid oh. for them. So. But I didn't want cone valves because they—they were the AAR 48 air fork. That's what I wanted. Um, and dude, one of the guys that was living with Travis, like he was like looking after the house. His name's Massive. I don't know. Oh yeah, I know massive. You know massive, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, he like called. I think he called Alden Fuck. Baker. I haven't thought. I haven't like thought, thought about of him. Him, yeah. him in so long. He's a fucking. So he's we, a G. so we wanted some forks, and he was like, because he was living in Florida, and he wanted. He was yeah. like calling some bike shops and that, and like no one really had any. Was he
1: still living in the house next door to Travis's lake house?
2: Nah, it so was in the Pastrana Land house. Oh, looking yeah, after the yeah, property because yeah, yeah. Trav didn't live at the property. He had his own like another spot. Yeah, yeah. But I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Massive ended up calling Alden Baker and they pulled a set of, like, not pulled them out, but, like, obviously might have been Anderson on Husky and, obviously, they've got all their yeah. their WP Pro Component, you know, their cone valves and track shocks and there's, like, just a set of standard. And I think we bought them off them, but it cost me, like... Oh, dude, it was, like, four or five grand or something Fuck. for a pair of standard forks, man. Like, I could have got cone valves for the same price. But then... um. I ended up going to, um, I ended up going to a mechanic nearby in in Maryland there, and um, and then put a setting in myself. Yeah. And then that, but that was just like another little little part where it cost a little bit more, <laughs> a bit more cash. But um, but that was like, and like I was saying earlier, those times where the bike gets stuffed up and you don't, or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. The bike was hammered. I was sweet. I was like, no dramas. But I was just so pissed off because I'm like, damn, there goes you know 3 days at least or 4 days of I'll time plus yeah, yeah plus yeah. some money but uh, the money uh, once I was all in I didn't give I would would have spent every single cent I had in my bank I did not care because I was already in yeah. but it was more so the time cuz you can't buy time Yeah. Know? I've actually got a tattoo here time is money yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, can't yeah, buy yeah, time yeah. time is very important so do, do you, are you a big reader I've actually uh this year I've read a bit not much, but I've read like six books or That's something. Good. Yeah, it's real so, good. Like physical books. Yeah, yeah. I just read the Cameron Haynes one. He's okay. like a pro yeah, bow hunter yeah, in yeah, America. Yeah. It's called Keep Hammering. Yeah. Um couple of the Aunt Middleton, like zero negativity. Yeah. Yeah. Um
1: my mum loves his
2: shit. Yeah, his stuff was cool. My my best book is um he's a sponsor of mine, Troy Knight. Uh, it's called Havoc06. So he's a ex-military. He was a former combat controller. Um, so Havoc06 was his call sign. Yeah. Um, and that's what his book's called, Havoc06. So if you see, oh, like on my jersey at World Games, I had Under the Black Rifle, I had Havoc06. So yeah. he's, and what's his book about? It's about his life, basically. Yeah. So he was, um, yeah, just about his whole story. And like he was doing some mad shit, you know, and yeah. like done some cool like private security gigs for like, presidents in afghanistan like some really interesting stuff but um that, that was one. a that was a really good read um what else I, I've, I've read a few this year but um i'm actually i'm driving to sydney tomorrow so i was actually gonna i was gonna start looking for a good audio book because i'm yeah. driving to sydney then i'm driving to melbourne afterwards yeah. so uh, a couple of days after but i was i actually like to physically read now yeah. i've, yeah. I've kind of it's something that i've taken up only recently but i think for me because I've I've always got too much energy, like because yeah. I've got ADHD. Such and, a good way to burn mental but, energy. Yeah, broke. but it's a good way to um, calm down almost, yeah. Yeah. or yeah. like just to sort of wind down after yeah. a day. Um, I'm the exact same. Even day. yeah, even if it's only six or ten pages, yeah. it's just doing that. It puts you in a different sort of state where you can like like yeah. that, you know, relax. So yeah. I've actually found it to be pretty good, and it's it's interesting because you kind of like i don't know it's like one of those things once you do it you almost get like oh i'm gonna buy another one yeah. another book or you're like which is for me i didn't think i would be like that because i wouldn't have read a book since i was at school and then when i was at school i probably didn't read books yeah like, i don't know you know what i mean but as i've gotten a bit older i've just figured that that's so it's so good and when i was um where well, when i broke my femur at the start of the year obviously i was you know had a bit of time to kill so that's where i got that zero negativity book by ant middleton and then there was another one that he had which i read something about working hard but yeah. um that was good and i actually found that that probably helped me um you know it just was a good thing to do while i was injured because it was just talking about again like i say having a go working hard yeah. fucking don't no yeah. worry set back whatever keep going so yeah another thing i would recommend for anyone any listeners it's fucking cool to read if you don't think it is we'll you yeah (laughs) it is cool to read you learn you learn stuff like it's did you
1: find it because this is one thing because i I read a bunch yeah and i'm always pedaling the bike and uh and the one thing people always say to me they're like oh fuck i've got add i can't concentrate oh i can't read i just read two sentences and then i get lost it's like yeah that's fucking how it starts yeah it's just like i always explain it to people it's like running yeah. When yeah. you first start running. You can't it run ten like, K. Fuck. You can't yeah. do you can't do a ten K like no way. all you can think about the whole time you're running is stopping running. Yeah. And that's what it's like to read for people yeah. when they first start reading. Absolutely. But like it doesn't take much. Like Toddy started reading a bunch yeah, of right. books
2: lately. Like, yeah, no, mate, I I one hundred percent agree. It's like anything you do to start off with, you might not be comfortable. Like going to the gym. You don't know what you're doing. It's weird. You want to get out of there. You want to get home. But yeah, it's the same with reading. Like, see I was in a way I was probably lucky that I started when I was injured because i had no reason to get up and stop because I was laying yeah, down with a yeah. like I was on crutches so I was only laying down anyway and like I can't I'm not the sort of person that can watch the tv the television all the time like yeah. I like I don't mind to watch it but not all the time like I get I need to move around or I like to do something but I felt like when I was reading I felt like I was doing something not just looking yeah, at the screen yeah. I felt like I was actually doing something so yeah. I agree though, it is hard, you lose patience after a bit, or you want to check your dog and bone, look at your yeah, Instagram yeah. or whatever, yeah, but like, yeah. I found that because I was there, it was probably a bit easier because I was injured, but it's the same thing. But like, it's I'm, a muscle that you build up. Yeah, it? you just get a bit better at it, I'm still probably probably crap at it, but I'm better than when I started, so that's yeah. the main thing. Yeah. We've always got room to improve in on things in life, but yeah. um, I think... You only know by having a go, and the more you do it, the better you get. It's That's like anything. So good. Well, yeah. so
1: so I, I bought that up before because you were talking about you can't buy time. Yep. So there's a really great book that you should read. Yeah. Now that I know that you yeah, like yeah. reading, it's called Four Thousand Weeks: yep. Time and How to Use It. Yeah. Right. So four thousand weeks is the average human life. No way. That's Fuck interesting. All, eh?
2: <laughs> that doesn't seem
1: like much. It does not seem like I'm much. So ever. it's a really That shit really out. It's like f- I want at
2: least eight thousand. <laughs> nah, yeah, no, nah, that's crazy, lot, man. <laughs> I might um yeah,
1: I I It's a really, really well yeah. well written book. Yeah. And uh and the other book that I'm reading at the moment is called uh, the seven habits, the seven habits of highly effective people. Yeah, um, I think
2: I, I think I've heard about that on yeah, a podcast or something. It sold like forty million Yeah, years, I'm pretty so. sure like I've heard of that. The, yeah, yeah, it's one of the best-selling books of all or time. About, or maybe I've heard you talk about it. Maybe.
1: No, so I've I've read. Atomic Habits. I've only read oh. one book on habits. Yeah, no, nah, that's. I,
2: I was listening to a podcast that you did. I can't remember with who, but that's I remember listening and yeah. heard that because yeah. I was. So I
1: got that tattooed there, so that's from. Oh, really? That's from that book. No way. Yeah. So that's just like that shit's in- deep. Instant yeah. reminder. Yeah. Like, it was like paradigm shifting in my mind. Yeah, it was like once I, it was like learning one plus one equals two. Yeah, that's how much of yeah, like it was, like a, it was yeah, so yeah. easy yeah. and so basic like. The core principle. So, like, this is one. Uh, like, if you get one percent better times three hundred sixty-five days, you'll get thirty-seven point seven eight times better at yep. that thing. So, yeah, like, if right. you start reading yeah. from day one, yep. you get one percent better. At reading thirty-seven x improvement. Yeah, like yep. it's a big deal. Yeah, and cool. so just having that mentality, yeah. just like one percent better, one percent. Yeah, better, well, mate. Better. Like I,
2: I didn't know about it in that exact way, but like I, you I can agree. feel it though, right? Like yeah. once
1: once you hear that. Yeah, you can, because... You can relate it back to your life. That's
2: why I say, like, you know, I always say, fucking have, have a go. And I'm not saying that in a rude way, but it's like, if you're thinking about doing something, whether it be like sport or reading or you're thinking about doing something new, but you're like, oh, but I won't be good at it or, oh, I don't know. But, like, if you have a go today you're gonna be a fair bit better at it in six weeks or so if you keep fucking around at the moment and in six weeks time you still haven't had a go at it well you're already way better off. So yeah. like if you just have a go at something you never no one's ever expected to be good at something that they've never done. Yeah. like me and Beth went surfing the other day for the first time. I was shit yeah we, we were both she was probably better than me but yeah. it was awesome and I had an awesome time and like people were probably there going oh look at this dude with tattoos he can't even surf bad luck I don't care it was sick I had an awesome time with my chick and we we now own a surfboard yeah, <laughs> but yeah. it's the same thing like it's like just oh god like and, and I understand that if you can be the if you can be the tiniest little bit better each day then by the end of the year yeah or two years you're probably great at it like you know and there's, the year's gonna
1: pass yeah there's you know there's, not, that's not gonna wait
2: there's those sayings you will know it. it's like you put a certain amount of hours into something 10,000 10, hours 10,000 yeah, hours yeah. yeah and that seems like a lot but like Man, if you that put in, goes. if you put in how many hours you've done on a motorcycle or or chasing your business with with doing this sort of stuff, ten thousand hours will go pretty quick. Like, and you'd want more time. Oh, way more! Yeah, like to be a, to be a professional at anything, you want to have it <laughs> more yeah. the better. Like, yeah. if you think about you think about um like boys in the states right now who are prepping for supercross. You think about how many laps and hours they've done on a track and coming into A1 they're, they're all gonna wish they had another three weeks of testing or whatever 100% because you brother. always want more time and yeah. it's like like I was saying before with the competition like you come into a best trip comp or something and it's like you always wish you had another three weeks or two weeks or yeah. whatever because you wanted to do this or that so it's like that's why time so important and I feel like you've got, to, you've got to make the most of the time that you have because that's one thing you can have all the money in the world but you can't buy time yeah. uh, not yet maybe one day yeah. Elon Musk will come yeah. up with something where you can yeah. buy time yeah but at the moment you can't so you gotta choose it wisely I think or use it wisely and, oh, and use can. it with, with GC's good yeah answer. no, I completely <laughs> agree so like yeah.
1: I guess one of the maybe like last, last little question before we get out of here, like do you think much about like where your motivation kinda comes from and and the reason why because for the last three hours hearing the story of the triple flip it's like for ninety eight percent of the time that you were doing it,
2: shit was going wrong.
1: <laughs> shit was going wrong, and You're no one, no me. one even knew about it. Yeah, and and it's like, so there's no validation coming yeah. from an outside source. Like yeah. it was just purely your own like stubbornness and your own drive. Yeah. And I think that it's easy to grind in public. Yeah, and I mean I've noticed that in my own life. Like as soon as my life becomes more public. Yep. it become a lot easier for me to be yeah. the person that I kind of like wanted to be because yep. there was so, so many people looking at you so it's like fuck all right I gotta, yeah. I gotta like do, I gotta yeah. do my shit but yep. you're like grinding away mm. with no one even knowing what you're trying to do apart from like a few people yeah, and then you sign psych. a contract that you're not even allowed to tell people yeah. what you're doing yeah. and you're just breaking yourself off working yeah. cunt jobs yeah. to, well, to do it
2: it's a great question and like I think it's probably it's a probably a hard question to answer but I, I would say there's a couple factors that go into that and I, th- I think probably the most important or, or the most meaningful would be the way that I've been brought up as a kid um, and, and the, I've got a great family and I think you know we've, my, my old man's very old school proper Aussie like work hard you know like you don't get anywhere without working hard and, and that's how I've been brought up and and, you know, my old man is an incredibly hard worker and so is my brother and, and that's just kind of how we've been brought up. So as a kid, I've always, you know, I've always thought if you want to do something, you, you have to work hard. That's that's how you do it. There's no other way. You don't you don't fall into something. You can't fall into a triple backflip or owning your own podcast. Like, you, you have to work. So I think it was kind of like it was concreted in my brain as a kid. But another thing, like when you're saying – and it's a great question about like, you know, when you can't tell people things or whatever. But, you know, for me, like during that time, that's where I was, it was COVID. I was getting up at three and I was going and training in our our factory where we worked. We had a little gym and I was in, a, in the factory at 3.30. It was pitch black and my headphones in going mad on my own. But it was like, I was doing it for myself. And that's, for me, that's why I wanted to do the triple flip. I, I knew back then my life wasn't going to change. So I wasn't doing it for... An Instagram follower or for a hundred bucks or whatever I was doing it for myself so for me I didn't need anyone to know I would have liked to have told people because it potentially could have made my life a little bit easier, easier. as far as like working on it and stuff but at the end of the day I didn't really care because I was doing it for me so the reason that was the thing that was getting me up apart from my alarm but the thing that was making me wake up to that three o'clock and going and training and then doing the all the 12 hours and doing that it was because i wanted to because the more i did that and the harder i trained then i felt better you know and like i remember um i remember listening to some mike dyson interviews and like he was saying back in the day like he used to get up at three o'clock and he used to just train like fuck and the reason he did that was because he knew that all of his competitors and all these other people were at home in bed and he was up there getting after it. And then I, I like, when I say I took on to that, like, I lived by that for, like, two, three years and I still do. Because even now, I don't have to get up that early, but I still do because I, like, I don't want to go soft. I don't want to turn into, you know, like, I, that's how I used to do it all the time. So it's good. Even if I just do that twice a week, get up at three and go and train, I, that, I do that to keep myself sharp. But I think, but it's not for anyone, but it's for yourself, you know. So, like i think you know people often say to me how do you find motivation or and i'm like well i don't i've got it built in because i don't know that's just how i am as a person that's how i've always been and not not necessarily motive like not motivation to be like rich or to do this because hey i'm still just dude that just goes to work but i'm motivated to do better or be more efficient at work or do a set of do a revalve do a set of forks and shock in a little bit less time we'll do it more efficiently or figure out a way you know it's the same thing like I'm always trying to figure out it might only be something super basic but if you can figure out how to do it a little bit better or make your life easier then that's kind of motivation like you just yeah. keep you just keep going yeah. whereas so like the the hardest question I've ever had and the question I can never answer is where do you find people have said it to me so many times how, where do you find motivation and I'm like but you were right. You you said, "How do you? Where do you get it from?" That's yeah. a different question. So I think I was it was built in. But to ask, "How do you do it?" I couldn't answer. It's impossible because it's because yeah. it is built in. And I think, yeah, I think just to answer that question, I guess yeah, I really just think it's the way that I've been brought up and the morals and and the person that I've kind of been taught to be by by my old man and my mother and, and with guidance from my brother and sister. I think that's just kind of because as a family we're all very similar in that way. We we're, we're hard workers and um and not because we have to be because we want to be there's a difference between you know what i mean like so i think um and just like a very old school aussie sort of sort of upbringing you know like back in the day that the people were built a bit tougher i think so and i'm just really appreciative and glad that that's how my old man was because um that's Definitely, the way that I'll be bringing up my children in the future is with the same sort of morals and, and respect for others, you know. Um, and that's that's one thing. Like to go back with Travis about being a good bloke. One thing I always tell people about him is Travis has the same respect for you whether you're a CEO of a major company or you're a concrete as labourer who doesn't have a license. Like he, the person that he is and how successful he is, he has the same amount of time and respect for any person, no matter what they do, whether they're a fan asking for a signature or they're a potential sponsor. You know, like he has the same amount. And, and I've seen that. And like, I've I've known that for a while now and I've picked up on that. And I'm like, that shit, people need to know about that. And I'm yeah. glad I can talk about that because that shit's like priceless. Like, yeah. And no it's one,
1: rare these days.
2: Yeah. And I think, but see, I see that and I'm like, fuck, I just want to be better now. Like, yeah. you, Like someone like him can be like that. Like that's just... Epic, you know, like everyone should be like that. So, yeah, it's, um, you know, and again, like he's being brought up by, like, his Travis's old man was a Marine, like, just a mad, like, he's, I don't know, probably in his 60s and he's like got a six pack, he's fit as, like, yeah, obviously, yeah. he's been brought up, you know, and like he used to have to go running in the mornings before school. So, his old man would take him riding and stuff. Like, yeah. he's been brought up in the same way. And I just think it's it's all about sort of the morals that you have as a, as a kid and how you're being brought up. and Feel like you know maybe they need to bring back some bum smacking in this day and age because um, I think it was yeah I mean I I just appreciate that that's how how I've been brought up.
1: I think the I guess one of the things and and you'll kind of read it like if you read Atomic Habits or this um, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. I think when you can really like galvanize a habit because what what you are as a person is the collection of habits that you have yeah that's yep. it that's
2: right yeah it's like, interesting that's, that's right h-
1: that's who you and like you're yeah. you're this plus this plus this plus this yeah. plus it's like a car
2: yes there's many like parts yeah you're, you're, you're a lot not, of moving parts yeah
1: you're a a door isn't a car a door handle isn't a car yep. a first gear isn't a car a second gear isn't a car but when you put that together it becomes a car a car you know and yep. it, and you there's like a There's uh, that—that's the exact same thing of a a human, and it's like you—you're this person that is kind to people and yep. then you're a person that is self-motivated and yep. then you're a person that wants to have respect for people and then you're a person that puts uh, others before yourself like whatever you know yeah, yeah. say Collect, a million things Yeah, but
2: or if you're a dickhead you're a wanker you're yeah. aggressive you yeah, know you're you, a, you do drugs every single weekend yeah, like you do there's, like there's yeah. there's all
1: these things that, yeah, that yeah, you can uh, do that makes sense yeah. and then you end up being a car yeah <laughs> like, yeah yeah and so,
2: I'd love to be a good guy I'd love to like, be a Toyota Tundra <laughs> yeah so that's, but that's that's yeah, what it yeah. is it's like you have all of these little yeah. pieces
1: yeah and and it's not what you do in one day that makes you yeah yeah strong yeah yeah strong it's, is something that is like consistent over time or yeah. fit or healthy yeah. or positive or yeah like you don't just be there's no like positive part of you yeah that like it's like a first gear in a yeah. car like and know? that's
2: that's the difference between being a beat up Daewoo lanos and being yeah. a a Ferrari, <laughs> exactly right, the, the, or like a VL Comi, yeah, with um with stock rims and no number plates, or a Ferrari with a fantastic fucking like, paint job, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. And yeah. so what?
1: What get like if you want to be a Ferrari level human, yeah then you need to do Ferrari level Shit. things yeah and hang yeah.
2: out with Ferrari like people well people like, that are almost
1: like mechanics hang out you know with, that can hang, build a...
2: hang out with other mechanics and other people that are great cars yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah. yeah. don't hang out with that VL turbo <laughs> I ain't gonna get yeah. you anywhere I might get <laughs> you <Yeah>. ticket <laughs> or
1: you'll be with Jack Miller like yeah. <laughs> but oh. you know the, the point is is that I don't I, I don't know that people look at themselves in that way yeah. and like and another thing that's cool in that that book about habits is like the person that you are right now yep. is a result of the habits that you've had for the last few years. Yeah. So if you're overweight or if you're unhealthy yeah, or if you've, you've got yeah. a drug addiction or if you're yeah, an I mean, alcoholic, or yeah. then you actually have habits. Yeah. And they lead to like yeah. those kind of because results. Because
2: all those things you mentioned, being overweight um, or being addicted to drugs or whatever, that doesn't happen overnight. No, that, no, that, that's, that's not that. one thing you yeah, do. Yeah, that, that happens over a period of time because to become addicted to something... It's got to be longer than a couple of months. Like to yeah. say you're addicted to heroin.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's like, a, it's a process.
2: Yeah, or, or if you're severely overweight, you didn't go and have a hamburger. One And then, and then the next day yeah, you woke yeah. up and you're like, oh, I'm I'm fat. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a staying consistent at doing the wrong thing for yeah. a fair bit of time, and then you look at yourself and you're like, know, fuck, well, I've let myself go. Like that's yeah, it's a habit of yeah. of not so so you're
1: already like the product of your habits but i think so one thing that's interesting uh that you said when i was i guess asked you about that motivation is that i think and this is of true of like habits as well is that you see yourself as a certain person yep and you see yourself in a certain way and i think that that's probably the key and and you've obviously for like whatever reason like you took the lessons from your parents and your family and like it did stick and it ingrained in your yeah. mind and then you see yourself as the person that gets up every day you see yourself as a person that doesn't have a day off you see yourself yeah like with your suspension that you see yourself as a person that does a really good job, like yep. fucking up somebody's bike is not an option. Nah, to oh you, no, you, fucking you, chance. You yeah, know? and it's the
2: attention to detail and, and other things that kind of lead to you doing a good job. You know, yeah. But there's, and, and I think
1: there's like a certain level of joy that can be extracted in oh, that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's like the, and and I feel the same like the podcast for me like i mean you can ask griff he's been at the at the receiving end of uh some fucking frustration on my end when something hasn't been done like yeah. properly yeah and that nothing's gonna happen ne- like really bad is gonna happen by like not doing one thing wrong yeah but in my mind i'm like no <laughs> That's yeah. not okay. Like, you don't,
2: like We don't want to be like that. Yeah. And it's
1: because I see myself as a person. So, yeah. like, for example, it's like we missed one camera, wasn't turned on all the way properly. Like, we still got the whole back and forth yeah. of the show, but we didn't have this one solid recording yeah. of, like, one camera for the entire time. Big no-no for me. Yeah. Didn't matter. The show went yeah, out. Everything but that's that one thing so like you
2: don't want to make that a habit of like oh it's okay and then that could if that like no that shit can't happen so well, you what double check if, you what know, happens
1: if one day red bull calls yep. and they're like oh we love this thing that yeah. this guy said at this point in time is there any way that you can send us that footage with just just his face and just that 30 se- oh no sorry the camera was switched over exactly. man and then we did yeah. so it's like even if it doesn't matter now, yeah, it maybe will, yeah. it will matter. And it's a certain – but I guess it comes back to like it's a certain Dude. way I like see myself. Like yeah, I see your, myself as the person that can answer that phone call yeah, and, so, and yeah. deliver on yeah. – on that so it's like because this is a product of you what yeah. you're
2: doing this is your business so this is a product of you and i feel like if i it's a totally different thing but when i do a set of suspension for someone that's a, that's a product of me like yeah. the other day i did uh, mike sleet yeah, stuff, stuff yeah. which he said was great by the way yeah i was speaking to him yesterday he was stoked but i i went above and beyond to do some extra things but it's because he's he who he is and i respect him a lot and at the end of the day, like it that's a product of, yeah and, yeah. and like, it's the same as this, like you, it's a product of who you are basically. So you're not going to give out something that's half of your, yeah. half of what you can do. Like you're giving them everything that you got. So
1: And then inside of that, so there's like that outward facing thing, which is like if Red Bull calls or if someone calls, they want this day, I've got, I have can deliver the way yep. that I want to. But then I've also learned in the years and years and years of doing not just the podcast, but just like filming in general, is like attention to detail and like doing something properly. There's a level of fulfillment in that. Oh, yeah. And it makes me feel good. Yeah. So like the things that feel good to me aren't the like big outward facing things with the podcast, like how many downloads it gets or how much money it makes. Like those things are very important. And great, they matter yeah. And I put a lot of effort into those things. Yeah. But those things can go up and they can go down and there's external yeah. factors that can act on those things. Which yeah. if I let those things, if I, if I tied my mood, my fulfillment, my yeah. happiness to those things, a like a roller coaster. yeah, exactly. They're yeah. subject to like this outside influence yeah. that I can't control. Exactly. But what I can control is doing a Fucking good job, yeah, and, the and only level. The stuff that we yeah. see internally, you know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then, and then through the roller coasters, through the ups and downs, I don't let it. I don't let the lows fuck with me too much because then I'm like, well, who cares? Like, we can still make this better. We can yeah. still do this better. We can still have a figure out a way to get it done yeah. faster. We can figure out a way to do more shows. Like, there's that big thing in the middle doesn't change for you and yeah. and that's what like I, I just can see that in you and i think that if that's what comes with like you said doing things for yourself doing things yeah. for the right reason and just doing things for their own sake well sure, and then yeah. getting fulfillment out, out of, of those it yeah
2: things. i i totally agree mate and i think one thing i'd like to touch on as well is like you know how you're saying like with the lows and stuff honestly as i've gotten older and probably more experienced in in life i guess um I feel like it's only healthy on your journey to have those lows you because have to, man. and I say this to people all the time because I always stay really positive when I have bad shit happen like but it doesn't matter what's happened at the time it might not make sense but I guarantee you a short time after that you can take a positive from that situation no matter what it is there's always something I might be very optimistic in the way I think about that, but I can fucking always draw a positive out of a shit situation. Yeah. Like, it could be horrible, but, and as I said, I, I'm not, I'm no one special. I'm not going to know that straight away. I, I could be. Six I, months down the road, I could until be. You figure I could be out. spewing. I could be like steam coming out my ears, like pissed off, you know, really stewing on it and thinking about it. But then it will work out. Like, even, for instance, I'll give you a good example. When I broke my femur at the start of the year, I was obviously, was, I was really disappointed. Not only was I in pain, I was not making any money. My dreams of doing this triple-on tour off this crazy ramp have all gone out. But then at the time, I was like, this is shit. But what that did for me was that was a sign from someone saying, fuck that ramp off. That thing's too dangerous. You crash on that, you might die. And what that did was it made me go back to the drawing board and it made me figure out I can do this off a ramp half the size with half as much risk but do the same thing and then it's taught me so much more stuff so at the time I didn't know that but then you fast forward six months of fucking whatever just pain and hobbling around but now I'm like I'm glad that happened I am I would have liked people to see it because of the wow factor because of the height but I'm fucking I'm not going to say I'm stoked it happened but I'm actually very happy that it happened like maybe a broken wrist might have been better but if I yeah, broke yeah. but if I broke my wrist I you would have, have gone, gone straight back, back. back yeah. yeah and 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 it wasn't even my decision to pull that ramp like to cancel it because i was still in in the head i was still mental i was like let's fucking do it but it was nitro and that but i'm glad it went like it did because yeah to fast forward a little bit of time and here we are on a on the podcast talking about landing a triple flip on on whatever so it's like you can always yeah i think the the ups the ups are great and the lows are not great but it's what you do about the lows. If you can learn something from the low, the low points or the you know the disappointing times, if you can learn something from it months, years down the track, then you've won at the end of the day. Fuck, fuck the low. You've won because you figured out how to either prevent that from happening again or how to be become more switched on and how to deal with the situation or, or whatever. Or you learn how to build a smaller ramp and do a triple flip. Whatever you get out of it, that's what's important, I think. So that's something. Yeah. And it's taken me a little bit to kind of understand not to understand, but how to. Well, you've like had a lived
1: experience, though. Like, yeah. bit, you've been through it enough times now to know that the yeah. next time something shit happens, that yeah. you're like, ah, oh, yeah, I just got to wait six
2: months. Yeah, and you just know that something, but you've got to keep positive, I think, and you've got to keep pushing forward, and then that six months will come around, and then you'll figure something out. But if you're just like, fuck this, and you're yeah. sitting, on the home, uh, sitting on the couch, no, I'm not doing anything or whatever, but like, I feel like if you, I think, you know, Staying positive is, like, so important. And that's another thing that I've really – I've always tried to stay positive you know and and stuff but like in the last couple of years i've really doubled down on yeah it. and that was why that was the reason i bought that zero negativity book from Matt yeah. middleton and that was that's the name is what drew me to it i didn't i knew kind of who he was but not much but the name i was at the bookstore at pack fair and i'm like i'm buying that <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> give me 10 of them <laughs> yeah. but and you know because i had the femur broken and all that that's why i bought it and then that reading that book actually taught me a bit too um but like i think it's it, couldn't go on i could go on all day about how important i think it is but i think if if anyone gets anything out of this podcast if you've listened this long if you can try to stay positive in a bad situation it's going to get you so much further and another thing i'll say if anyone is having a shit go at it like having a bad injury or I got fired or whatever hey reach out to me send me a message on instagram i'll reply to you i'll tell you i might not know i might not have been through what you've been through or it could be something so much worse but at least i can have a chat to you and i can go fuck like i don't know i'll try doing this maybe do you know or whatever or even if i have zero advice zero at least we can have a chat so yeah yeah, anyone fucking feel free hit me up because i like talking to people and and if i can help one person then i'll be stoked and that's and that's serious like 100%
1: well mate you sent a message back whenever about getting something out of the podcast I've now gotten something out of you for like three three hours plus now I I really appreciate you coming no no mate I
2: appreciate it like I've been a a very close follower of of your podcast and and you know your team and stuff for the last I don't know it's been a while now years so um i haven't listened to all of them but i've fucking had a pretty good crack i've listened to a lot of them man like yeah. a lot of them yeah so um no, i appreciate that and um hopefully yeah hopefully some people have kind of got to know me uh more of a personal level opposed to just a dude with a helmet on so um yeah and it'd be cool to get some feedback from people and everything but yeah, no, i really no, you appreciate yeah i really appreciate being on it's uh it's, it's awesome and just uh, I look forward to what's next. Well,
1: man, honestly, like these are the ones that I just enjoy so much. Yeah, like, you know, I feel yep. like that. This is it's so I feel so selfish at times doing this because I get so much out of it. So, you oh, know, but like yeah, to, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna.
2: I feel like you know this would be great for me because at the end of the day, not many people know me. You know, or maybe some people here in Australia. I got a little bit of a following in in the states, but I think for me, this is going to be awesome. So don't feel selfish because um, this is going to be great for me and I don't ex- again I don't my life isn't going to change tomorrow. I don't expect to get anything out of this but if I get a couple more mates or if I can give inspiration to five people nah, or 50 sure, well then I'll be stoked and that's at the end of the day that's what matters I, I don't fucking care about any other shit that's if, if that's you know we're all human at the end of the day so if you can kind of help someone out or Give them that extra push to do whatever they're trying to do a bit harder, you know, then I'm fucking happy. So Real legend, bro. I appreciate it, mate. We legend. No, nah, yeah. no worries. Talk to sweet. you soon. We'll do it again for
1: sure. Absolutely. Sweet. Cheers. Legend, bro. Thanks, mate. That was
2: fucking Ugh. unreal. No worries. No, that was sweet. You're great, it's crazy how fast that goes.